Hello, it is Tuesday, February 16th, 2021. Great show. Okay, I think so at least. If you agree, be a friend, tell a friend. Let's go ahead and guerrilla market this thing. Let's grow as much as we possibly can. Hey, shall we? I think we're going to continue to try to give the best show we possibly can. Um, eh, some might stink today. I don't think does. No, today was a good one. Today was a very good one. I think today was above average. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of fun in there. There's what? not much to talk about. No, that is something. We are running into a potential dryness of topics but when the when the big topics hit they're gonna hit i think oh yeah they're gonna get going and there's some interesting suggestions out there today in this show and we learn a lot today we did great guests above average conversation if you like the show be a friend tell a friend if not just act like it never happened let's get to it we got a great day uh Michael Lombardi, former general manager of the Cleveland Browns and New England Patriots coaching assistant, will be joining us in about 22 minutes to talk about all the things happening behind the scenes right now that we can't see. All the people that are lying try to move and shake their team to a better place. Then in the second hour, we have a man named Rob Ninkovich joining us from the New England Patriots, multiple-time Super Bowl champion. Now he works... uh, at ESPN, he said something the other day about Gronk and Deshaun Watson being down there in Miami. Who told him that? Mm. Hmm. What are you shaking your head for over there? First photo was not Rob Ninkovich. <laughs> Who was it? I think it was Matt. Was it Matt Light? <laughs> it might have been Matt Light. <laughs> I didn't see. I did not see. Oh, him. come on. <laughs> Anyways, Rob Ninkovich does not deserve... Uh, whatever treatment Foxy and the crew behind the glass just gave to him. Uh, he, he, This is a Mike Bibby, Jay Will situation. <laughs> not all whites look the same, Foxy. Okay, not all fucking whites look the same. See, if I defend myself right now, then you guys would be like, oh, Foxy's pointing fingers. Now, who is it? Because I, will say, I, I didn't make that package. Who was it? The guy that makes the packages every single Bill. day. Not me. It was Bill. Bill McComas. Bill, you son of a bitch. But also, in Bill's defense, Bill McComas, most basic-looking white. (laughs) Okay? Bill, not every white person looks the same. All right? Not every white professional athlete is the same person. Oh, he's got a patch jersey on and a beard. That's definitely not. That's naked, that's for sure. (laughs) He has a beard. What do you mean? Anyways, if you're listening on SiriusXM Channel 82, Mad Dog Sports Radio, we do apologize. Uh, There's pictures being shown over my shoulder, a la the Jon Stewart daily show back in the day where he would talk and pictures would be up there. I don't necessarily see them unless they go up on the full screen. I did not know that we completely spit in our... Second guest today's eye and face with putting up the wrong white whenever we were referring to him. Rob Ninkovich, multiple-time Super Bowl champ, will join us. He said Gronk and Deshaun will be down in Miami next year. Who told him that? How does he know that? We'll talk to him about all the rumor mills happening. And plus, there are some things coming out about the 2017 New England Patriots team that we will talk about. I assume I'll follow up with him about that as well. Dove Kleiman did some deep internet diving and mm-hmm. found some interviews and everything like that. It seems like the Patriots are potentially on a path of failure for the next 10 to 15 years if the stories from behind the scenes that are coming out being leaked which is mostly bullshit we do know that is anywhere near true we'll talk about that today that is actually a rather large story russell wilson isn't going anywhere as of a couple hours ago via Josina anderson's tweet that says hashtag current status there's a lot of drama potentially still popping off with deshaun watson down in houston since jj watt was released from the houston texans by jack Easterby and the boys, a snowstorm 
has crashed down on Texas. Ice everywhere. Jack Easterby, a man of the Lord, seems like he brought hell's wrath alongside of Texas whenever he decided to get J.J. Watt out of there. T's and P's to everybody in Texas and in the country that is battling this bullshit blizzard that is currently outside of our office as well. Uh, And in the third hour today, we have Darius Leonard joining us. And I cannot wait to chat with him. Darius Leonard is uh, known as the maniac. Just last week or a week uh, before that, he challenged Triple H to a wrestling match. Triple H responded by saying, you come down here, we'll be a tag team. Let's go the game and the maniac versus whoever. We'll talk to him about his wrestling dreams and the Indianapolis Colts, which are right in the middle of this entire quarterback drama with Carson Wentz and uh, potentially... Russell Wilson? But he is currently not on the move. He is not on the move. But So we can't just continue to perpetuate an absolute lie like that. Russell Wilson's allegedly not leaving anywhere. But the Colts are looking for a quarterback. Darius Leonard put out a tweet the other day. It said he doesn't care how big your name is when you come to play for the Indianapolis Colts. And more specifically, he was talking about the defense because I think people are saying maybe J.J. Watt comes up to the Indianapolis Colts, which would be awesome for the city, the team, and the AFC South going back to Houston and playing against them twice a year. He said, I don't care how big your name is. When you come here, you work every day or something like that. Okay, he's setting a tone. Uh, down in Tampa, they are not saying that, by the way. They're like, hey, you went off Wednesday. Fucking do whatever you got to do. <laughs> Darius Leonard and the Colts have a great squad right now. Cannot wait to chat with him about all of that. At Tone Diggs is here. He battled the elements. I did tell him this morning with how bad the roads were. By the way, don't know where how it is where you are. Here, highways are just covered in snow. All of our streets covered in snow. It is still snowing. It's only getting colder, I believe. It is not great conditions. Told all the boys, hey, if you don't feel safe, don't come in. FaceTime with Diggs last night, and I said, hey, Diggs, you're too far. Stay home. Do not want you crashing. Me being the reason for your death, I would have to come out and say, I love Tud. I love Diggs. I told him to stay home. He deserved to die. (laughs) He chose not to do that. That's what I would have had to say. Didn't want to have to say that. But all the people on the internet that are talking about this storm that we're currently living in, they don't remember. You and I grew up in Pittsburgh. Hell yeah. Okay, it is mountainy there. Mm -hmm. A lot of hills there. It is very cold. We get a lot of snow. But whenever I'm taking a video at a red light and the entire six-lane road that I'm on is completely covered in snow and there's people sliding everywhere, the people on the internet that are saying, that's not a storm. Where the fuck do you live? And why do you live there? I understand that what we are having right now is not maybe like, you know, uh, Greenland, all right, or, or, or yeah. Alaska or wherever the hell you're at. But I think anybody would say, this is a relatively bad blizzard we got out here. And there's going to, there was 300 some crashes this morning in Indiana Damn. alone. 300 some crashes this morning. I assume it's only going to get worse. Thanks for your service, COVID Cowboy, and coming down here for the good of the people. Yeah, I mean, we got 10 inches, which is a decent show, or snow. Um, and show, by the yeah. way. Yeah. And show. It's gorgeous. But growing up in Pittsburgh, I mean, where you got to put it in neutral going down the hills. You got to get a 40, 50 mile an hour start going up the up hills. Up the hills, yeah. Where it's flat here. Yeah. I ain't, I ain't missing the show from 10, for 10 inches. Okay. Maybe if it was 30 inches, we'd All talk right. about it. I respect it. I mean, just bought a truck. Oh, yeah. yeah. 20 gallon tank, but it's got four wheel drive. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, a little bit conflicting there. I don't know how that works, but your truck did look good out there Thank with the you. snow oh, yeah. and the tires. Thank you. 22 gallons. Um, <laughs> oh, just got a baby, baby tank. I love driving the baby snow, though. Tank. But yeah, I mean, unless you're like Buffalo or Minnesota or something like that, keep your mouth shut. Okay? Man, there was a lot of people snow shaming me. A lot of people snow shaming me. Bullshit. Really? A lot of people were snow shaming me on the internet last. I think that was a big thing. I guess that happens when blizzards pop off. And I'm going to let those people know they have to battle through that type of shit every day. More power to you. Yeah. Because this morning I watched 
a sweet old lady in a Honda Civic try to get out of a Walmart parking lot, oh. and she just yodely, yodely, yodely yeah. right into the guardrail, and she's probably still there if I had to <laughs> yeah, guess. Probably. Probably still there if I had to guess. Now, look, would I have stopped and got her? For sure. Did not know she went all the way. There was obviously trucks and cops around, but that's happening everywhere. 300 and some crashes here in Indiana this morning. I assume it's like that where you are. Hope you're other than Florida. I'm getting messages from people in Florida. AQ's golfing down there. I'm getting selfies of AQ and Blaine Gabbert golfing at some golf course in Tampa. Super Bowl champs golfing the sun. Something like that. Okay, AQ. I I can't wait to deal with that for the rest of my life. (laughs) I got Baron Corbin commenting under it. Uh, Down here in Florida, it's good Suck it, he says to me. Whoa, so I, I think everybody but Florida is potentially in hell right now. Yeah. I want to let you know, although we do love the state of Florida and we appreciate the state of Florida and mm-hmm. potentially going to be in the state of Florida soon. Yeah. We're on the side of everybody else that's battling through this. We'll continue to do the show as long as we have to. Uh, at Boston Connor, what's going on, pal? Uh, not much, Pat. You know, all the stuff about the Patriots is coming out. You know, I did have a mustache this morning just because I feel like got to switch the mojo up a little after all this shaming for Bill Belichick in New England. Yeah, publicly not looking good for the Patriots at this point. Mm. Got Amendola coming out doing his thing oh, about yeah. his thing. You know, some people coming out saying Bill Belichick's still Bill Belichick, though. Let's have a little bit of respect. Thank God. Now the story that's coming out, and let's just get right into it. Dove Kleiman kind of uh, found this whole thing. NFL Dove Kleiman, who I don't know if it's Dove or Dove, but we appreciate him. We we utilize whatever is that a he or she? I, I'm not 100 sure. Oh, we utilize NFL Dove Kleiman stuff every day. It's an incredible Twitter account if you're an NFL fan. Uh, and now, granted, Shefty, Ian, all of them, really insiders, Pelissero, in mm-hmm. uh, uh, Field Yates, obviously, mm-hmm. right, and Mortensen, and, and mm-hmm. all yeah. the, there's insiders or insiders. Dove does an incredible job of collecting and, like, finding things and tweeting out. So we thank him immensely. Oh, yeah. The story that's coming out about 2017 New England Patriots of Brandon Cooks being traded for over there. That was allegedly a move that the Patriots moved, uh, made to have Brandon Cooks and Jimmy G become the dynamic duo of the past, like Tom Brady and Randy Moss. Brandon Cooks was brought in allegedly in 2017 to fit into the Jimmy G plan moving forward with the New England Patriots. That season, Tom Brady won the MVP, and they had to move on from Jimmy G. They send him to San Fran, and Brandon Cooks gets traded away after that as well, even though they had massive success. Now, looking back on that, the Patriots assumed that Tom Brady's style of football would not be one that Brandon Cooks would excel in the the specific scheme or strategy they had. Now, just a couple years later here, Jimmy G almost got traded because he missed a deep ball in a Super Bowl by seven yards. And Tom Brady had the most deep ball completions he's ever had this season. Became a proficient and very efficient deep ball thrower for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because Bruce Arians and he and Byron Leftwich came together and they decided to do that. So Bill Belichick, if this story is accurate, we don't know if this story is accurate. We have to say it. Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, thought Tom Brady couldn't throw the fucking deep ball. You know Mm -hmm. what I don't like about your deep ball? The damn thing doesn't get completed as a deep ball. That's what they said. Is their evaluation process completely gone if they didn't know Tom still had it? Bruce Arians, Clyde Christensen, quarterback coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, told us uh, before the season started, he said, I watched all the film, right? His arm still had tremendous pop. He, he was hitting holes. If you watch the film, you could see he could still sling it. And we will do that here. And they did this year. What's going on in New England? Do, does this worry you? 
that potentially everything in New England is completely broken going forward if they have no evaluation process, not only for, remember, last year Bill skipped the combine, was that a Division II player's guy? He didn't even get drafted, that guy, I don't think. And then the the draft choice is not that great up there for a long time. The salary cap is over. Is this just something like... um, you know, they say some people in some professions, if they're the only, and some people will get this, obviously, um, if they're the only person doing anything for the company, and after a long time of success, they think that that person's creative energy juice has been completely drained from said person, and the product is still suffering from it because that person is still in charge of every decision, even though it, there is a chance that that person has lost all of the it factor that potentially had this person at the top of the mountain for a long time. I think that can go in one particular business. And then in this particular business, you have to wonder, Bill Belichick, greatest coach of all time, greatest GM of all time Mm. as well, because he was the GM of the dynasty. Has he just completely lost it? Is he broken? Is that a problem in New England? Are you guys worried at all as more of this Danny Amendola? It's more like the Tom Brady way. Now you got this. Does that not worry you going forward at all that maybe Bill Belichick is done and he just he just ain't got it anymore well with danny amandola you know i choose to listen to more of uh akib talib's take versus amandola's take so i understand that completely there's two sides to every wheel as we know but you know because everybody on god's green uh, the wheel earth, just has one side though well you know when you think about it though you're cutting in half there's a top and there's a bottom well, so now you're cutting a wheel in half it's not a wheel anymore well yeah, half a wheel it's kind of more of like the trapezoid you saw you know last night <laughs> plowing all the snow <laughs> you know what i'm very saying very true very true but anyways two sides of the story go ahead <laughs> but uh it, because everybody on earth believes the patriots are dead and Belichick lost it and all that it makes me feel better just because I like to fade the public. If everyone's thinking left, I'm going right. Uh, you know? Oh, you're contrary. And hey, <laughs> look, Brandon Cooks, you know, he signed a massive contract and then what? Less than a year later, he's out of that town too. So perhaps it did start with Cooks in New England, but hey, he got traded from New Orleans as well. What happened there? Yeah, he's been traded a lot, but every, all of his teammates have come out and say he's not a bad teammate. It just yeah. hasn't been a good fit. And maybe it's contract wise, and that's why they don't cut him because everybody's a little bit worried about that. But you, I also, in Dove Kleiman's deep diving into the internet, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I didn't even see this quote from 2017. Tom Brady was getting interviewed by Milk Institute. Uh, Jim Gray. Is that his name? Yeah. I know he's a very notable person, and there should not be a room of six people in our age that follow sports that have no idea who that guy is. That's the state of the times, though, baby. Hey, sorry, yeah, Mr. Right. Gray. I apologize. Uh, I know you've done great work. Appreciate everything you've done. Thank, Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim, for what you've done for sport. Mm. But this was in 2017, and uh, it is the Milken, Milk, what is it? The Milken Institute. Milken Institute Global. Hell yeah. Conference. 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 I love this. I mean, this is some. I mean, this is Farmers some high America. level shit, huh? They got this gray fella. They got Tom Brady getting interviewed. Uh-huh. What the hell does the Milken Institute do? <laughs> huh? Are they making the immunity pills? Are they? It might be. All right. Uh, they're not milking. I don't think that is. It's Milken. I believe it's a name. If I oh, it's E uh, in there at the end. The right. Global Conference gathered the best minds in the world to tackle some of its most stubborn challenges. Nah, Steve Weatherford's doing that. The Milken Institute ain't doing anything. So they, Dove Kleiman found this 2017 interview, and if you listen to the thoughts that Cooks was brought in, 
uh, for Jimmy G moving forward, and they wanted to move on from Tom, but then Tom won the MVP in the 2017 season. Then you hear the story about him being called Tommy fucking Foxborough and the lack of respect and everything. And then Mr. Gray here asked him this question at the Milken Institute Global Conference, <laughs> and this was his answer in 2017. How did the sports – I want to let everybody know, if we were a show when this happened – just because of the pettiness of our nature of our show, we would have certainly covered this, but I don't think this got a lot of traction at the time in 2017. And so when Giselle says feel appreciated, um, this brings to mind Coach Belichick and Mr. Kraft. Do you feel appreciated by them, and do they have the appropriate gratitude for what you have achieved? I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! So things have been terrible up there for a long, long time. I plead the fifth, knowing people are probably going to hear that, including Bill Belichick, with the question of Giselle is saying these types of things. In 2017, I guess the writing was on the wall for a lot of people that this was going to happen. It's amazing that they had any success the last couple of years they were together. Congrats on them both getting out of there, Tom getting out of there. If we go back to that video to talk about something, though, as an Internet company here, Dove Kleiman just putting his name right on the top corner because he's the one that brought it back. Gangster move. <laughs> gangster move. Hey, Dove Kleiman, I want to let you know, we appreciate the hell out of you. I'm not 100% sure how the Milken Institute Global Conference feels mm. about you just tagging that thing, but I want to let you know, keep doing it. We appreciate you. Good this goal. leads to the potential narrative, though, that the Patriots might be dead forever at yeah. this point. Yeah, I mean, when everyone gets treated the same, when not everyone is the same because Brady is, you know, at a different level than everyone yeah. else, that obviously grows on you as it should have. That's the college football thing. You know, all players are equal. Yeah, all, all players get treated the same. Yeah. And then whenever he gets the NFL, it's like, hey, this is a five-star matchup. This is what Bruce Arians actually. Yeah. Yeah. This is an actual game for a game we were playing when he was the interim head coach when Chuck um, was battling leukemia in the middle of the season. Uh, Bruce Arians, literally not a big talker. He talks a lot of shit and he'll keep it moving. But pregame speeches, night before the meetings, things like that, team meetings on Wednesdays, he's pretty quick. He keeps things very quick. The Wednesday before some game we were playing, uh, the keys to victory were our five-star players got to beat the shit out of their five-star players. <laughs> you role players, just get out of the way. Okay. <laughs> then another game later, it was like, hey, this is going to be a role-player game. Okay, Our five-stars cancel out their five-stars. Our role-players are going to have to make plays. Just in that statement, by the way, what is he doing immediately? Well, he's separating the team into uh, a reality of what it is. Like, hey, our stars got to play today. And by the way, he's not the one that does that. You know who does that? The contracts that the team negotiated that are publicly broadcasted. So whenever you have a tier already built in, by the way, contracts are paid within the locker room, it's going to be very difficult for people to continue to buy in to be treated the exact same no matter where you are on that tier because the organization has already said, hey, this person is much more important to our entire process than everybody else. Now, you would hope that in a team manner, the high-end players will be your hardest working players, the players that would buy in, the highest paid players would be the guys that are, your, that are in there first and the last ones out of the building and buy into everything, which by the way, Tom Brady by all accounts is, but whenever you're 
people are saying like, yeah, everybody was treated the exact same there. You could see how that could work for some players, but then at some point, Tom Brady, after befriending Peyton Manning, yeah. golfing with Peyton, seeing things that are going on, and, and Tom's hearing Peyton say things, you know, and Peyton's like, I just one guy I, I really like, so we brought him back on the team. He was there for uh, – his name is Austin Cauley, like we brought, or, or Tom Santee or somebody they liked him, and, and Tom's like – I have favorite wide receivers too. We cut them all the fucking time. <laughs> yeah. And he, he starts hearing these things. You could see why he potentially want to get out of there. But with all these narratives coming out that that's how it is up there, who's going to want to go up there? Cam Newton went up there. Okay. He was a free agent for what, 86 nights or whatever, mm -hmm. paid him a million bucks. Matt Stafford did not confirm nor deny. He said anywhere but New England. Everybody's like, that must be because of Matt Patricia. I don't think that's because of Matt Patricia. I think that's because, much like me, okay, I'm 33 years old right now, could go punt balls if I really wanted to. But if I was to get back in the league, I'm nowhere near Matthew Stafford's level, okay? I mean, well, at my position, I will say I potentially did a damage at my position. Nowhere near as talented as Matthew Stafford. He's a quarterback. I'm a punter. It's very different. But if I was to go back, there's only certain places where you're like, okay, I would do this. And now Matthew Stafford, at going into his 12th year, if he's going to get traded out of Detroit because they've had such a long history of suck up there, now kneecap biting might change that entire thing. But you could see how he'd be like, okay, I want to go to a couple places. Maybe warm too. Like, yeah, hey, I'm kind of yeah. getting older. Like, maybe a little warm would be nice. So everybody was like, he's saying that because of Matt Patricia, but maybe he's saying it because he's like, I do not want to go do the way the Patriot way is. I have talked to Danny Amendola and I, mm -hmm. very, very tight. I just don't want to go do that entire, we're miserable, everybody's the same thing, when it's been proven that other ways win as well. And I think that could be the biggest tough thing going forward is, unless you can draft and create which they have not proved that they can in New England. Yeah, as of late. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, granted, mm -hmm. obviously, 199 they drafted Tom Brady. That's yeah. a pretty good fucking draft pick. Yeah. But I'm just saying, as they're going to have to build, I think, this thing from a young team moving forward. you got players that opted out last year. They're going to come back. Hopefully, they play again, yeah. and they play well. But it does look like it's a potentially long, hard road for the old New England Patriots moving forward. Well, and especially when Stafford said, like, hey, I want to go to a team, and I want to play in big games. I want to go to a team that's ready for a championship. And obviously, we all know – New England's, at the moment, not one of those teams. There is a team over there in Green Bay that's potentially in the J.J. Watt sweepstakes, mm -hmm. but J.J. has had a dozen teams reach out for him, and uh, the one he's potentially most interested in, says Mary Kay Cabot uh -huh. of the Cleveland Plains dealer. Yeah. Bingo. Uh, he's been covering the Browns for a long time. Mary Kay has given us a lot of breaking news over the years for the Cleveland Browns. She said that J.J. Watt is thoroughly interested in the Cleveland Browns. Now, if he goes to Cleveland, the longest rival of the Pittsburgh Steelers, where his brothers are, Can't does J.J. Do Watt hate his family? Mm. And yeah. does J.J. Watt hate his home if he doesn't go to the Green Bay Packers. We can say anything about it. And also, thank you for sacrificing your body and driving into work after being told not to come, by the way, Ty. But J.J. Watt, hey, potentially a Packer, pretty cool. This morning, though, a report from Florio says, no, no, he might be a Cleveland Brown. I mean, I think there's absolutely no way he's going to go whoa, 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 sign with the Browns. Hold on, though. I would assume. Hold on, Hi. though. Cleveland Browns are going all in. Yeah. Cleveland Browns bring in Odell. They pay Austin Hooper. They pay Kareem Hunt. They now... Baker Mayfield had his best year yet. Well, he considered mm -hmm. they're going to have to pay him probably. But the Browns, Miles Garrett, they're going. The the Browns seem to be going all in on a win more than the Packers would be. Maybe that's why J.J. Oh. Watt, he's like, if I go to the Packers, it's just, 
they got Aaron Rodgers, who's obviously the guy. And I guess they did pay some money last offseason, mm-hmm. but they're not going to go all in like the Browns potentially are. They're a better football team. I mean, you have a better chance. You know, I mean, the, Brown, are the Browns going to beat the Chiefs next year? Probably not, you know. But uh, I think to your point, too, like the only thing that worries me is, yeah, typically the Packers don't make like a splash in free agency like this. They wouldn't go after a guy like him. But also – like, if he can go to Tampa or if he can go somewhere warm and you've been in Texas, like, I just – it'd be very tough. I mean, yeah, he's from Wisconsin, but, shit, it'd be nice to just go be in Tampa where it's nice all year round. You know you're going to be good. You're not paying any state income tax. Like, it, that's – that's Quite appealing, I'd I was going to say, yeah, that r- really stacks up. Joining us right now is a man who joins us damn near every single day that we have this show for the third hour, uh, national champion, uh, football player, and Super Bowl champion, ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hawk. AJ, how you doing, pal? Oh, I'm doing good, pal. How you doing? Not too shabby, thanks. A lot of things were said in our show today that has kind of had ripple effects across the internet at this point. Potential Gronkowski out of Tampa Bay, maybe a three-year, $30 million deal is somewhere on the table. I completely forgot that Gronk was going to be a free agent potentially coming up. The narrative has always been he's going to stay with Tom. Tom's his quarterback. Tom's his quarterback. But Rob Ninkovich, former teammate of his, I would assume potentially friend of his, I'm not 100% sure how often they talk, He's like, hey, Gronk has never been a free agent. He should at least listen to what the market says about him. Maybe a big-ass deal for Rob Gronkowski, AJ. Who said three years, $30 million? Well, Nink kind of said like somewhere between 10 to $12 million mm-hmm. a year. If you get like a, a three-year deal, you start doing quick math there. 30 would be the bottom of that thing. I think in a third down in red zone league, which is what the NFL has become, and it kind of always has been, but now even more so with the way offenses can move, is just whether or not you kick field goals or score touchdowns. That's kind of the whole game. Rob Gronkowski is like the king of those two things. I would assume the open market potentially gives him an offer that he'll, he will really test his Tom Brady's my quarterback theory, I think. I'm not 100% sure, but I think so. Oh, I think it could, I guess. I just don't know if someone will give him a three-year deal. I think a one- or two-year in finding a way to get the most guaranteed is what he would like. But, man, I just don't see him leaving Tampa, though. Like, So what? what is Tampa able to pay him? If they, even if it's a one-year deal, what can they give him? Well, we're, we're assuming at this point that Tampa Bay is going to be giving out smaller deals to acquire more talent, and everybody's kind of buying in a la the Patriot way mm-hmm. that they did for years because Tom's there. Every, every kind of older guy's chasing a ring, coming to town, maybe taking a smaller deal. Who knows if Gronk will hit the open market, if they will be able to pay him, if Tom will be his quarterback. I'd assume there will be other people interested. The offensive side of the ball has a lot of free agents. So does the defensive side. It's a, J.J. Watt's a free agent. Allegedly, potentially, Vaughn Miller's out there. I think Justin Houston's a free agent. A man who is the guy who runs the defense here in Indianapolis, a team that is built for success, also a man who called out Triple H a couple weeks ago on Triple H's own platform, which I have a lot of respect Mm -hmm. for. All-pro, linebacker of the Indianapolis Colts, the maniac Darius Leonard. How you doing, Darius? I'm blessed and highly favored, man. How you doing? Yeah, hey, damn right you are. Hey, keep that thing going, too. It's fun to watch. Uh, we'll talk about everything going on in your life, but let's talk about what I was just referring to there because you did put out a tweet about this whole thing about, hey, big name free agents. It doesn't matter who you are. If you come to Indianapolis, we're a group that likes to work. We like accountability, this whole thing. So obviously, inside the building, you guys know that there's a potential free agent market right now with teams and players that want to get to Indianapolis because the way your team has been built. How do you view that? 
your culture seems to be so strong inside of there. Is that why you guys are so comfortable with potentially bringing in big names? Or what are your thoughts on the entire free agency process? And by the way, congrats on having a team and being a massive part of a team that is now a place where people will want to go to. Hey, man, I appreciate that, man. But, you know, just, you know, just thinking about, you know, I've been here for three years and, you know, Coach Frank been here for three years and just knowing what we built. You know, a lot of people don't understand the culture, you know, of the Colts. And especially on the defense side of the ball, what we ask, what we're asked to do is a, is, is a lot. And then you watch, you watch tape. There's so many guys who doesn't play as hard. And, you know, if you're even thinking about coming to the Colts, we're going to hold you accountable for absolutely every single thing. And <laughs> you got to work hard. You got to put the team first. You got to be able to say, okay, I don't care about my own accolades. I'm here to help win ball games, win the championship, and that's the ultimate goal. Darius, was it like that from day one, like when you walked in, or did you try to bring that culture with you? I don't know, Coach Coach Frank. Coach Frank, you know, he had the offensive side of the ball, but, you know, our defense coordinator, Coach Flus, when he, and I say he is the most demanding defense coordinator that I've ever played for, and, you know, it pushes you to be the best. Like he tell you, he, you, you would hate him as a coach just because he pushed you so hard. He's going he's gonna to make you work absolutely as hard as you ever thought as an NFL ball player, so – yeah, that's the culture. You know, there's no such thing as a house guest. If you want that field, there's no such thing as watching the ball. You got to get to the ball every single play, and you got to make sure that you're around it. You got to hustle. You got to play hard. Talking to us now is all-pro linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts, a man who has accomplished a lot in his very, very young NFL career. It's only going to get better. It's been fun to watch. The Indianapolis Colts culture, the one you just talked about there, do you think there's a chance – that older players maybe don't want to come be a part of that? Or do you think that's something that is maybe like, hey, this is probably what the greatest of all time big-name free agents would like to see, by the way. That's why they're coming to Indy is to win. Do you think there is potentially some people that just won't fit in with Indy, especially at that high level? Do, do I think there's some people who don't who won't fit in? Yes, of course. Okay. Nobody, think about it. You, you're a vet. We're, we're, we don't, like, Coach Flues don't care what year it is for you. You're going to work extremely hard. Like, you know, we have so many guys who came in, and it was like a shell shock to them. You know, the first thing they say is, ah, man, I ain't running to the ball. I ain't doing this. But then, you know, we all out there. We're holding everybody accountable, and everybody's just joining that, you know, jumping on jumping on the board. So, I mean, it, it's, it's demanding, but I don't I don't see a lot of vets coming in and say, okay, I can do this year in and year out to win a championship. And I would I would automatically assume that you give that style of accountability a lot of credit for your massive success here that you have had. Why do you think your transition from college to the NFL was easy? Because you you know you had that game against Clemson where you had 17 tackles or whatever, and the name the Maniac was born after that. But you kind of went to a smaller school, obviously. Then you make it to the NFL and have an immediate impact. Then you only get better and better. Why is that? You think? Do you think it's because the accountability? Do you think it's because you've like fallen in love with the process of it all or have you always been like that um you know for, for one you know like you said being from a small school i'm an underdog i'm I always been the underdog you know when i got drafted they saw you know the worst draft pick you know now you know doing everything <laughs> who said it I'm darius doing. who said it who said it report you know they they said Bleacher. i was one of the worst draft picks man that, that hurt my feelings you know I, <laughs> I, you know i wanted to go out and just you know i wanted to ball out each year and then you know now it's more so like how can I be at the top each year? You know, that's the ultimate goal. When you play this game, you want to be at the top. So, you know, how can I be the best linebacker? How can I do this? So each year, you know, I try to get better. You know, you, you hear all the critics. You know, I, I think there's a lot of people out there, you know, who talk trash and never play a down of football in the day of their life. You know, Woo! 
So, I mean, it, it sucks. It sucks that, you know, you got to put everything on the line. You still don't get a respect for it. So, I mean, that's that's my goal each year to get better and be be at the top of the list each year. So, that's I think that's why I'll get better, and I love the process. And, you know, great, great people – well, great football players enjoy the process. They just don't enjoy the reward. They enjoy the whole process to get to that reward. Hey, speaking of, uh, of people, I guess, giving someone a hard time, you, you came to the defense of uh, Nick Sirianni after his uh, introductory press conference. Hey, that was a bad press conference. Dude. Yeah, what, what what do you think happened? And, and I know you, you <laughs> know listen, the guy. I'm going to be so real with, was, with, with Nick. Like, you know, each, each um, Saturday night, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, special team coordinator, they all get up there to talk in front of the team. Huh. You know, you can tell people who love to talk in front of people. You can tell people who don't like to love talk in front of people. And, you know, me and Nick, you know, um, the, after all three years, you know, Nick came up there and his crutch, every time he said something, he said, all right. So each night I counted how many times he said, all right. <laughs> after that, you know, I said something to him. And then it just kept getting shorter and shorter. So he stopped using all right. So I knew right then he's not a that's he's about like me. I'm not a guy who's gonna talk in front of a whole press and be fine with it, you know. So I knew that that's not him, but I know he's a great coach and I know he's a great leader. So I, I had to step up and say something for him. Hey, a lot of success happening with your team. Uh, that's why it is becoming a very hot conversation of what quarterback is going to end up being the quarterback there. And I think that's a massive decision for Chris Ballard to make. But I think the world uh, Bleacher Report thought you were the worst draft pick. Chris Ballard has been very good at talent evaluation and building the roster and everything like that. But when you have success, you know, coaches get plucked. Players get plucked. How do you have sustained success, you think, over there? And do you think it's just from the top down, you'll be able to continue to, uh, like, kind of next man up type mindset for everything? Um, you know, for, for the, you know, you believe in the guys up front. You know, um, the guys the guys in the front office, they've been doing a great job of putting people in the building to help this team win. And, you know, just speaking on, you know, the defensive side of the ball, you know, it's always next man up mentality. Like, our system isn't built for one player. Our system is built for all 11 guys to go out as one to be great. So, I think it's always next man up. I mean, we know that the NFL team is it, it's never the same. The locker room is never the same. So, when guys get hurt or anything, it's always next man up mentality. And we always talk to the other guys, like the practice squad guys, the backup, or whatever, you always prepare as you're going to start this next game. So whenever your opportunity comes, you come in and you do you do the right thing to help this team win. You going to get in the ring or what? I, I assume that's there's a lot of coaches. Huh? That, that's the plan, man. I, I got I to order me a, a, a full-size ring to put in my backyard so I can I can practice a little bit. I got I got a rental for you. Actually, you can <laughs> buy it. I got one for you that has a great price. It's already put together right back <laughs> here. We can get that thing moved if you would like, or I can send you in the right direction. Have you always been a fan? I love that you're potentially going to get it. You, hey, you play. You play as a, a – like, I think you can tell who watched wrestling growing up and who didn't when you see how people interact with people, you see how they handle themselves. I think it says a lot about you. The way you play, it is very obvious. Like, okay, this is a sports entertainer as well. The dancing, the talking, the everything you do. It seems like it would be a very natural fit if you were to get into wrestling. I'm happy you're intrigued by it. I hope you do get a chance to get in there. Me too, man. That's all, you know. That's something I dreamed of. You know, I've been you know watching wrestling since I was a little kid. So I mean, that's that, that's where like you know watching wrestling. That's my little kid in me. You know, that just brings back so many memories of me and my brothers just sitting there watching. So I definitely, I definitely want to. So I definitely got to practice. Cause I don't, I don't want to get in there and do bad. So I want to be the best at it. So go. I got, I got to get in the ring and practice before I really just jump in there with them. Smart. 
How do you think Jim Irsay would feel if you uh, all of a sudden show up on his TV and you're in a tag team match with Pat? Brother, what is he I doing? Think I, might, I think I might be getting the call. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it hurts like hell. It hurts like hell, Darius. But I would assume. Ain't it temporary? Pride is forever, man. Hey! Yeah. Hey, and also, by the way, I didn't run my body into people like 50, 60, 70 times a day <laughs> like you have in that entire process. What does the offseason look like for you? I know, obviously, the world we're in isn't as open as it would be in the past, but what do you do? I saw you down there in the sticks with your Pro Bowl video out there. Are you? Uh, where are you right now? How will you be spending your offseason? I'm, I'm in South Carolina right now, man. Just, you know, being around uh, the high school basketball team, you know, watching them and then watching a little bit of uh, baseball up here. For hey, how kids. small is your town? How small is your town out there? Because when I watch on the internet, it looks like you are out in the middle of nowhere. It looks like you're... That, that's what it is. We don't have... Listen, we don't have a stoplight. We don't have a grocery store. We don't have no restaurant. <laughs> you know, we just have gas station. We have a gas station. And, you know, that's about it. I go eat at gas station if I want something to eat. Something like that. I mean, we probably have maybe a thousand people, maybe. I, I grad, my graduating class probably was maybe 50 people, 50 to 60 people. Oh, that is awesome. How's the basketball team? We pretty good this year or what? Well, uh, the boys didn't make the playoffs, but the girls are undefeated right now. We're heading into the playoffs. So hopefully we can go in, you know, win us another championship. Man. Thank Okay, so how? what kind of shock was that going from your high school game to college? Not only, like, yeah, just having so much more around, like, the game of football. What's the town's name as well? Lakeview, South Carolina. Lakeview, South Carolina. But it, but it was crazy, you know, coming from a small school and then, you know, heading to South Carolina State. You know, it was, a, it was a complete shock, you know, and then especially like having 30 guys on your football team and going to 100 guys on your football team. And then, you know, a guy playing both sides of the ball and never come off the field. I remember my first game, I come off the field, my helmet's still on, and I'm standing on the sideline while the offense out there and the defense making corrections. Like, I'm so used to – been in the game the whole time. Like it was, it was. I mean, it was a complete like different, different vibe. And you stand on the sideline. That's something I don't like to do. What position did you play in offense? Running back. I was a receiver, receiver and running back. Oh, you got good hands. Oh yeah, come on, man. I got recruited. I got recruited as a uh, receiver. Like oh. when I went to South Carolina State, I was gonna play receiver. And then, and then um, they put me on defense that um, my redshirt year. And after that, I never, I never touched offense again until my senior year. They let me catch a pass. You have some of those na- – he has some – you have some nasty picks. Now that I – like, in, as you were talking about that, I was thinking about some incredible plays you made uh, that I could also see A.J. Hawk making. Same position. <laughs> you know what I mean? I could see A.J. making the same play, by the way, with the cast. Yeah. The guy did that. Mm-hmm. But you've had some ma- – are you friends with opponents? Are you – like, it seems like the modern NFL. All right, there's a lot of dapping up. How you doing? Hey, let's get a picture together. Let's uh, do the jersey. Back in the day, it wasn't always like that. There was always guys that got along, obviously, but it wasn't as friendly. I think the world that we're currently in, you're learning a lot more about people that you didn't in the past, so it probably makes you respect them a lot more than you potentially did in the past. Do you do you have an old-school mentality where the opponent is like enemy, or are you are you cool with everybody because now you're a pro bowler and you're at the top of the world probably meeting every single opponent that you're playing against now? Oh, me, man, everything between the whistle, there's no friends. Everything between the lines, there's no friends. But, I mean, after the game, yeah, we, I mean, we could be friends then. But, you know, during the game, you know, I'm talking trash. You know, I'm trying to get in your head. I'm trying to get that ball off of you. I'm trying to make you quit. So, I mean, that, I mean that's just my mentality. But, you know, after after the game, yeah, we can take it. We can jersey swap. But during the game, you know, we, we, we got to go at it. Hey, you and Aaron, by the way, I heard you guys had a conversation. Uh, he, I heard you, I heard you and Aaron. I felt so bad to be even a part of that entire thing. I was like, ah, oh, no. I don't like, I hope you got, do you, 
By the way, watching you rise in the NFL has been really fucking cool, by the way. I had no idea you came from a town of 10 people, but I mean, like just watching you because that first year you should have got defensive rookie of the year by everybody. And then you didn't, obviously, as some people voted for the guy that howled down in Dallas. And I love the way you responded to that entire thing. You started doing the how, actually. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, I love this dude. Like, I like this guy. And you just you've been a great staple in the Indianapolis Colts locker room, man. I think we're very lucky to have you. Connor, what do you have? Yeah, Darius, uh, growing up, uh, did you watch like Ray Lewis or AJ Hawk perhaps to kind of model your game after, or was that just man, something that came natural? Man, to be honest, like I said, man, I was a I was an offensive minded guy. You know, I was a Deshaun Jackson guy, you know, just you know, everything offensively, you know, I just thought I was gonna, you know, go play receiver and then once I went to college and, you know, I started playing linebacker, that's when I was started looking at, you know, Derek Brooks. Ray Lewis and just watching how they play the game. How can they? How did they impact the game? Like I think they were two different total linebackers. And you know, Ray Lewis was a downhill, you know, hole plugger. And Derek Brooks, he was more so in the window. Let me let me pick this ball out. Let me make a play out there in space. And I just try to merge them two 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 together and try to become one. What do you work on? through the season and I asked you earlier but we got off topic because you come from a town of if this census is accurate from 2010 800 people actually wow <laughs> it just kind of came up we kind of went on but what do you work on at this point is it you have to stay physically because you're you fly around I mean you're very fast uh, you have to be able to maintain obviously durability and everything like that but in the off season, is there like certain homework assignments you give yourself like okay I need to do this mentally film wise or what does it look like as you continue to get better here and you're young Young NFL career? Um, you know, just watching out my bad plays. You know, how, like, what did I do wrong? You know, how can I be better? You know, if you think that you're so good, but, you know, when you really look at tape and watch a whole game and you realize that, okay, I stayed on this block too long. Okay, I, I should have dropped back. They high load me. You should have known it was coming and just stuff like that. And then, you know, for a small guy playing the game, you know, at 220, and, you know, I got to, my hands got to be good. I got to have good hands, so I got to make sure that my hand placement and all that stuff is good. So, you know, just taking boxing class, you know, working on your hand Ooh. down coordination, that's what's going to make that's, – I think that's what's going to make me better, just, you know, my hands, my quickness, and make sure that my striking ability is good. Hey, whenever you talk about a guy like Gronkowski, and he might be a free agent coming up, which I did not even think about until Rob Ninkovich, former teammate of his, said, like, hey, he could potentially be on the move. But whenever you talk about Travis Kelsey – Gronkowski, George Kittle, these tight ends that are big and move. How does it help you being an incredibly – and how do you go athletic guy? And how does the game go forward in covering if these guys are going to continue to happen, which feels like it's growing and growing? How does the defense have to adjust to that? What style of player you think is best to take out who's probably becoming one of the biggest weapons on any team that has a guy at it, which is the tight end position? Um, you got to have a linebacker that can cover you know, if you if you look at the tape beginning of the season, you know, um, coach coach looked at me and said, you know, I'm gonna have you playing more man to man coverage on tight ends, and you know, for me, I mean, I took it that as a challenge. You know, and man to man, it's okay. Who's the best? So you know, you just gotta make sure that you got someone that can actually cover, and who's not who's not afraid. You know, you gotta you gotta know who you're playing against. You know, Gronk, he he loved contact. So you know, you gotta make sure you don't. Don't be as physical with Gronk as you would with, you know, someone else. So you just got to make sure you know your opponent in and out. When will he get a target? And then when he's going to just be a decoy. So you just really got to, you know, watch film and see exactly how they're using each tight end. And like you said, now in the game, the, these receivers, you know, are so good. The tight ends are being open now. So you got to make sure that you have them accountable as well. 
Hey, we appreciate you so much. What are you going to do today down there? You're down there in Lakeview, South Carolina. I'm gonna probably get on the ATV, ride it to the high school, and then you know just watch them play. Um, is this dirt roads? Baseball. Is this dirt roads? Like, are you hopping on dirt road to the high school to watch his basketball? Oh, yeah, yes, sir. And is there a bunch of quads showing up at the gym? <laughs> like, are you the only one riding the ATV over there? Well, well, today, you know, today I'll be the only one just because all my all my friends and everybody else at work. But you know, on the weekends, all guys we we get together, everybody on their four wheeler, side by sides, dirt bikes, and we all just get in, you know, grab a cooler and just ride around all day. Hey, hey that's, awesome. that's a life I aspire to live someday, ladies and gentlemen. The maniac Darius Leonard. Yeah. Thank you, baby. Thank you, Darius. Man, what a fight! It's a movie, dude. He's living in a movie right now. Not, it's not exactly Varsity Blues, but yeah, it's its he, own little version. He's literally living in a movie. It's like, hey, I'm going to go to high school basketball. Anybody want to come? Yeah, I'll meet you. Who got, you grab a court. All right, let's get on these bikes. And let's get out of here. Love he just sticks to his roots. Bro, like, they're just rolling probably through backyards and yeah. side farms and everything to get to. Like, you think it's – there's no way. He had no stop signs, right? Mm, nope. He said no stoplights. I mean, he has a stop sign. He, have a ga- he eats, at the, eats at the gas station. Respect. That's wild. That's a movie. Oh, that is straight out of a movie. And he goes back there every single offseason. That is awesome. Good for Darius Leonard. He's going to be good for a very long time, I assume. Uh, yeah, he's super young, and he's yeah, he's unbelievable. And you see his mindset too, and you listen to him. Like, yeah, there's a there's a reason he's playing so well. And I, yeah, if there's a guy that's going to be consistently elite at that position, it's him. Yeah, you you and him very similar players. Yeah, are we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Both both start on the offense side of the ball. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, yeah, you were a running back. We saw that photo. Yeah. Uh, great thumpers. Love to bring it. Yep. yep. Cerebral on the field, work hard in the offseason. Leaders. Leaders, calling out plays. I mean, you two are very similar. Flying around out there, making big catches in place. Okay. I was more thinking of, like, our body types. Like, I, I am not – I'm, like, a, a shorter, stumpier version. He is long-limbed, like, super athletic, rangy dude. Yeah, I mean, you do kind of have a little bit more of a spark plug build, but, mm-hmm. I mean, that is a different style of play back then. <laughs> yeah. you know, different style of play. Different style of play back Coach's then. Coach's son. Not a coach's son, but yeah, spark plug. I like that one. I haven't heard that in a while. Well, I am. I am a spark plug. That is a, exactly how I am built. So I've used it. Uh, you can. By the way, you should. Use, I don't know if you are actually. The last time we saw you, wasn't he yoked? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every day, like five a.m. He, Shred. He's got like a rock type. Yeah. Uh, he's eating raw chicken. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. You don't, you're not a spark plug, by the way. You, you've worked very hard not to be a spark plug. I am a spark. What do you got, Dick? I couldn't sleep last night. I was thinking about this, and I'm not sure if anyone followed up on AJ saying that his. His tractor or four by four that he had a plow on went over the hill into a fence. Were you on it at the time that it went over the hill down into the fence? True, that had to be a wild ride. Yeah, because I I put a plow on the front of my zero turn and I plow my driveway with it. But when your driveway is all ice and you don't have chains on your tires, yeah, I was you know I'm back and forth, back and forth spinning, and I started going down the, my hill in the yard, and then did once you, I lost it, it was hold on, hold on, you, you have to have seatbelt on on those things as well right. if it's a commercial Z. <laughs> Oh, so you Whoa. just oh, so you attach it and you sit on top of the seatbelt because you like to no, live it, dangerously. It wasn't like a super steep hill, but yeah, once it got going down, the only thing that stopped me was the post on the fence. <laughs> it was it a collision when you bumped in? It was. Wasn't oh it? yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it was a full concussion. It was not that. No, not that bad. But it it had to stay out there overnight. <laughs> I took the plow off and carried it up the hill into the garage. Um, what if he started plowing? Shoulders? 
pushing the plow. Oh my god, that would have been the most AJ Hawk thing of all time if he was out there with his jaw and the plow. Oh man. Oh, that would have been absolutely awesome. I have one of those commercial Z turns, you know, and you have to be seatbelt in because there's been a couple times where I want to go. You, you jump off mm -hmm. and you have to have it in neutral. You jump off and you got to go move something, mm -hmm. and then you hop back in and you want to go, and it's like it won't let. Mm -hmm. It's like ah, son of a. Bitch. And then there's been a couple times where I've had that thing on rabbit. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I started turning this thing and then this thing, and it's almost like you get launched off of there. Oh, yeah. I could only imagine if I was sliding down a hill and I was strapped into that death trap, what I'd be thinking. They don't think about that when they force you to have a seatbelt on, by the way. That isn't something they think about is potentially falling off a cliff while you're plowing the ice off. It was wild out here, dude. There was like five, six inches of snow on the roads. Like on, it was crazy out here it was like you were driving on old back dirt trails yeah. almost. it was insane out here it's like how is it now because here in ohio it's another obviously uh, whatever a snow day for my kids but yeah i was plowing today on my uh, on my mower and under and i've been plowing multiple times like twice yesterday just to try to keep ahead of it because we have ice built up on the driveway but it's crazy slippery everywhere. Yeah, Diggs was out there with his uh, snowblower last night mm -hmm. and his shovel. Went out mm -hmm. there a couple of times. Nick Mickey Mouse shovel Diggs had uh, snapped uh, in half. Oh, oh. Great shovel. <laughs> I heard your shovel snapped in half. That's because brute force that I was trying to dig up the ice with. Well, so your shovel couldn't keep. It might be a great shovel, but not for the yeah. COVID cowboy. Not no, no, I go buy a heavy-duty one. Yeah, COVID cowboy shovel. The COVID shovel. I didn't do any of that. I just... I saw that there was potentially 12 inches on the way. It was like, well, I'm not going to plow now because it's going to come right back. Yep. And everybody I saw that was out there plowing, it's a wide it just came, came right, right back. back. Yeah, I, I talked to Diggs last night when I told him not to come into work today because he lives too far away. I said, what are you doing? It was like 9.15. He was like, I just got done shoveling. I was like, why? He was like, well, I want to clear it off. I'm like, it's still snowing. It is not going to stop. It's like the people that blow off the leaves. Uh, it's like unless you're bagging those things those those things are coming right the fuck back yep and it felt like the snow was going to do that for at least the next couple of I days wanted, but i respect what you guys did if i didn't have a brand new snowblower i wouldn't have done it i had to try a thing out mm -hmm. oh, yeah. i want to deal with like five six inches at a time not all 12 at once or 10 or whatever oh the sun will deal with that yeah <laughs> <laughs> sun hopefully unfortunately it is icy cold it so is it freezing <laughs> out here yeah. it, it was it is a bad spot to be in i did have a neighbor by the way it just came through my driveway on his atv he's got a little plow on there good guy shout out to jesse by the yeah. way shout out jesse. Thank you, jesse. i'm not a good neighbor either like i there's no reason jesse's doing that jesse's a very nice guy i do not go to the gatherings i do not do any of the neighbor thing i just I'm pretty much just in my house at all times. Jesse, every winter, though, that guy's a fucking hero, comes through and gets the, uh, the snow off. Now, I will say, it does feel like every time he does it, it potentially snows immediately afterwards. Sure. Mm. But he will hop right back on that thing and come back out, which is why I was saying to you, Diggs, why are you doing it? It's going to get filled again. But we might be in this for the next four or five days, I guess. Yeah. The meteorologists are right. You, so, but don't you park your truck outside? So you have, to, you have to scrape all that ice and snow off, didn't you? No, I, I warm her up. I get that thing on the oven, mm -hmm. easy bake. And then I started again. I, I start that thing like four times. So for 45 minutes before I get, granted this morning, I did not drive. So <laughs> I did not have to do this. Actually, we carpooled in Nick's Jeep. It was a good time. Smart. Four of uh, us were in there. It was bad roads. But I, I start that car like 45 minutes before I have to. And I, you got to remember when you get out at night before, turn that thing on yep. all the way. To oh, heat. yeah. So that thing's cooking for like. You know, 45 minutes or so, and normally the shit is melted off. I am not, and this is, I understand I'm not doing my civic duty. I don't wipe off the top 
and when I'm driving, just blowing straight into the wind. I feel so bad. Yeah. I feel so bad. Every time I'm like, you know what? Next time I'm gonna get the top off, and then I realize as I'm going out there with shorts on. I ain't fucking standing out here getting the top off. <laughs> People are going to have to deal with that. And then I get on the road, and I immediately feel like a terrible person as the snow is just dumping on the person behind me. So I'm kind of conflicted. I guess I'm not a great neighbor at all, so shout out to Jesse doing that. And uh, I should probably start scraping off the top. That's not that bad, though. So, like, you get some of these semis. They're having, like, full sheets of snow flying oh, off the top yeah. of them on the highway. I mean, it's, it's crazy out there. Yeah, it really is. I saw some two-wheel... Drive having motherfuckers yesterday driving reckless, by the way. Oh, yeah. Normally out here in Indiana, people are very slow and it's almost annoying. Yesterday, there was like one lane on the highway that had the road, like the tracks on it, you know? So that's what kind of where everybody was driving. You could, there was two other lanes potentially, and you're going at like 35, 40 miles an hour in this one lane. You could see how you could get tempted to go into the lanes that don't have any snow like removed at all because nobody's been driving on it. Then you see this Honda Civic come yeah, flying geez. by, and I'm like, yo, that is an aggressive move. <laughs> like, I don't know if that Civic even knows. And then I started thinking deeper, you know? I was like, oh, these are probably drug smugglers right now oh. just trying to get to wherever they got to get to. They know they're not going to get pulled over. Let's try to make as many as we can. There was this Nissan Altima that, that did like a dip move into the thing and Whoa. just kept it moving. I'm Jeez. like, how are you? That confident in what you're doing. Oh, you got something in your car that you want to get out as fast yeah. as possible. What is that? that and as as a two-wheel driver, previous two-wheel driver, if you go less than 20, 20 miles an hour, you are getting stuck. Like, you have to keep up the momentum. Yeah, but out here in Indiana, Flat. there's really nothing. You know what I mean? I, now, granted, I did. I got close to my house. There's just one little thing. Mm-hmm. There's people trying to push a car. Oh, boy. So uh-huh. that means they're outside of their car. Okay, in a downhill valley in Indiana, not that big, but it's still a valley that is kind of, there's people trying to push a car in the ice and snow. So now you are standing in between your car that you're pushing and the car that potentially can't stop behind you. And by the way, that ain't going to work. And also, how about the other side of the road coming down around there? So I rolled down the window and said, dumb. And then just kept it, <laughs> kept driving. Had a lot of those this morning too. Oh yeah, people were walking, just roll down the window and Nick's Jeep, dumb, and then rolling it up. Just I want to let them know that somebody did mm-hmm. let them know that they should not be doing what no. they're doing. You did right what you now. had to. I did what just like you, yep. and just like you, mm-hmm. like, I would yep. like to be able to sleep at night. If Diggs died this morning, I did call him and tell him not to come in because the roads would be too bad. So if he, at least I could sleep. Yep. Ty, same thing. Just like those Stooges trying to push. That car, minivan, I think, that was never going to make it. Good God. Never going to make it. There was a cop that came down on the, the other side, which is good news, turned the lights on and all that. But, I mean, who knows how that ended. Still haven't got an update. Hopefully they're all right. Probably a fucking 16-car pileup by the time you get home tonight. <laughs> that is a recipe for disaster. <laughs> good luck. Dumb! Hey, so how are you going to feel, though, if, if you four guys are riding home today, obviously you get stuck in one of these little valleys. Do you want people to drive by and just yell dumb, or do you want them to try to help? No, we have too much weight in the car. Yeah, we'll be okay. We'll pick up Nick's Jeep and walk it up the hill. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just be a part of traffic. Don't you worry about us. <laughs> dumb! <laughs> there was dudes this morning. They were just walking in yeah. the middle of the street on the right side of the road. Yeah. If you're walking, yep. you're on the left side so you can course, see what's yeah. coming at least. Right side of the road, just walk. Dumb! Can't do it. Most guys have tried different ways to last longer in the sack. But thinking about baseball doesn't always work. 
The folks at Roman, an online men's health company, are changing the game with Roman Swipes. The secret to longer lasting, better sex. Hell yeah. You ever heard of this? Hey, you ever heard of this? I have heard of this. Yes, I have. Hmm. How many kids? Four. Okay. That's a lot. Long time member. AJ. Roman swipes are a clinically proven way to last longer in a sec. <laughs> They're effective, easy to use, and fact are fast acting, but don't require a prescription. Roman can ship the swipes to you in discreet, unmarked packaging, and each swipes packet is small enough to hide in your wallet for whenever you need it. Swipes are great where they will not transfer to your partner so you can last longer without worrying about anybody knowing about your tag team partner. They're super easy to use. Just take the swipes out of the packet, swipe it on, so wipe it on, let it dry, and you're good to go. That's it. When you go to GetRoman.com forward slash Pat McAfee, full name, G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com forward slash P-A-T-M-C-A-F-E-E, you can get your first month of swipes for just $5 wow. when you choose a monthly plan. That's GetRoman.com forward slash Pat McAfee. Did you sign up, AJ? I, I'm, I think I was one of the first five members. Yep. That's awesome, AJ. Be like AJ. Be like AJ. For the next four minutes, well, next four minutes, we had to wait for the turn of the clock. There's a massive clock that just stares at me right here. Mm -hmm. It's really the only thing that is staring at me all the time in this show is this clock. And I've missed a couple hard outs, obviously. We have seen that, which is weird because that thing is right there. But whenever it's like five seconds to the next minute, it's always like, I should probably wait just to get it. Yeah, there it is right there. Ooh. Gorgeous clock. Hey, shout out to that clock. Good nice. Clock. Foxy, did you make that move right there? Yep. Wow. Fox. Foxy. <laughs> what a play. Spot. Moves the camera over there, wow. zooms in. I'm usually not that quick. No, yeah, Good that's day. what we're saying. Yeah. Look, Good job. Look at this. Got his work boots on today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 no. Foxy wore a brand new pair of boots in the office today. This office, you, got, you can't do that. You gotta hold them up to the camera. Please do, please. Yeah, please. Foxy, please. Zoom in on those. Oh, man, those are dressy. Like, you're pretty formal. Thank you, AJ. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if he was See, what happens is, he wears something in this office that the other guys in this office may not wear. Like, Pat will just stare at him. That's <laughs> not true. He just stares at him. And then, and then I look, I go, just say it. Just get it out, Pat. <laughs> just say it. Just because you wouldn't wear it doesn't mean I, I can't wear it. No, that's not All what right? happens. This is one side of the story. I stare at him because they're brand new. And it's like, I actually said, nice boots. Yeah, I complimented the boots. That's what I did. All right. You, then, oh, he got all self-conscious though because it felt like no, no, he no, no, potentially, no, no. when he put them on today, he was like, Oh, that's do your I like spin these? Statement. I do I, I like these? these? That's your spin because there's snow on the ground. I'm going to wear my new pair of boots. And then you guys get all crazy <laughs> that I'm wearing something new here. <laughs> Let's not act like those are snow boots, pal. Yeah, I mean, those are not great not. at all. I actually said they're not snow boots, but they worked. All right. Let's get to a break. People are fading the boots in the chat. People are saying no good to the boots? Yeah. They, the they're, boots. they're probably saying oh, no. with that lighting, they look like incredibly uncomfortable in plastic. That is not the case. That is, <laughs> that is good leather. Is that not great leather? It is good leather. It's great if leather. If the chat says bad boots, they are most definitely good boots. Thank you. Okay. Uh, also, oh, contrarian yeah. digs. Okay. The chat's going to side with Pat. 100% of the time. I didn't side with anybody. I actually like the boots. They're against me right now. All right.
All right. We know how this goes. When you say you, you like something, what? you are very obviously no. lying right to that person's <laughs> face. <laughs> that, is not, that is not true. I mean, hey, the fact that you sit there and stare at just stare at his boots or if someone's wearing a shirt or that's, some new yeah, pants that's, like that's the creepiest like weirdest <laughs> most uh, Pat McAfee thing there is that does not happen okay what the way you take it is obviously the same way a serial <laughs> killer would take that sentence yeah. that is you not the way us, you showed us the look when when he said oh oh Pat doesn't just stare at exactly <laughs> that's the look. like I've I've seen that look not to me I don't think but I've seen you do that <laughs> oh, uh, when you showed up with your piss bottle yeah I mean oh, that was yeah. definitely what the fuck is going on here yeah, yeah. When you walk <laughs> to the back, you had your bottle of piss, you remember. Your, yeah. your cigar, yeah. and everything like that. Disgusting. Good sweater on you, by the way, today. Yeah, it is a very yeah. good sweater. We, I'm surprised we didn't talk about it, to be honest. You want to stare at it? It's a jacket. Well, everybody <laughs> is kind of looking at it right now, by the way. <laughs> and I think there's actually like a study that says, like the first thing people look at or notice for you is their shoes. You know why? Because people fucking look at them, AJ. Yeah. So when you come in with these goddamn boots out of nowhere, people are going to notice and go. Oh, new boots in the office here. That's interesting. Good boots. They're nice boots. Good boots. Good boots. Nice boots. I would wear those boots, by the way. No, so whenever you no, said, you just because I can't no, wear them, you said, or something, isn't that what he said? Yeah. I can't no. pull them off, yeah. is what he said? Yeah. I would wear those fucking boots, pal. <laughs> Most guys have tried a lot of different ways to, you know, try to last a little bit longer yeah. when making love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Think about your baseball team. That's a boring sport. That'll turn me off, right? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe you start listing off cities and states. Maybe you start doing the alphabet backwards. Whatever you end up doing, you need to not do it anymore. Knock it off. None of it's going to work. Uh-uh. Okay? You're, before the time you get to the, the shortstop, it's already happened. Good. All right? That's right. What you need is a real tag team partner whenever you're going in there. And our friends at Roman created just that with Roman Swipes. Roman Swipes are a swipe that comes in a discreet, unmarked package uh, that shows up at your door. Then it's in a tiny little packet that you put in your pocket, small enough to fit in your wallet. Then right before it's time to make some love, right before it is time to go ahead and try to procreate, Mm -hmm. maybe. Whenever it's time to go and put on a show, uh, you go ahead and and rub the swipe on. Uh, it'll, It'll dry. It'll not transfer to your partner at all and then you just have time of your life yeah get roman.com forward slash pat mcafee jesus that's get roman.com forward slash pat mcafee no Mm -hmm. spaces uh and you can get your first month of swipes for just five dollars when you choose a monthly plan all right shout out to roman shout out to you shout out to get roman.com forward slash pat mcafee joining us now is a man who was a general manager in cleveland and uh, also, uh, he was a pretty important piece of the New England Patriots mm-hmm. executive committee. He is a man who will talk to us about, you know, this free agency that it is now. Is it anything like that in the past? Is this crazy? And how do you get people to come to Cleveland instead of, let's say, Tampa or somewhere else? Ladies and gentlemen, host of the GM Shuffle Pod and the Lombardi Line, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Lombardi. Yeah! Yeah! 
Nice to be back again. How are you? Paisan, we miss you over here. Great haircut. You look fantastic. Let's get right into it. J.J. Watt stories are, are coming out. Mary Kay Cabot of the Cleveland Plains dealer in Cleveland says J.J. Watt has legitimate interest in the Cleveland Browns. They're a great team. I don't know why you wouldn't have legitimate interest. Aside from the fact your brothers are on the division rival in Pittsburgh, potentially go back to Green Bay because you're from Wisconsin, maybe over there in Tampa. When you're a GM, like let's say Andrew Barry is in Cleveland right now, and that team's different than the one you were currently involved in when you were there. How do you talk to these players to get them to pick Cleveland over L.A., Tampa, Miami maybe, these other places that are going to become a bit appealing? But, you know, it's always about two things. It's about the chance to win and the chance to make the most money, right? So I think whenever these free agencies, we hear about them all the time, there's usually, rarely, there's more than two teams interested in any one player. It, a lot of it is the agents driving up the interest to create a situation oh. where there's this, you know, incredible market for a player. He's got eight teams, nine teams. I've never been, other than Reggie White when he was a free agent, I've never been in a market where it had eight teams. Like, I never have. And this year, because of supply and demand, the, the, the supply is so much higher, the demand will be lower because the really? cap don't know. So, you know, Cleveland has an advantage because they have cap room. They can pay all the money up front, put a higher cap number on it than, say, a team like Pittsburgh who has no cap room. You know, so it's all predicated on that. So I think as a general manager, you got to kind of ignore the noise, focus okay. on what you think the value is of the player and what role the player can play for you. Thank you for bringing that up. Because, I mean, you alluded to a couple of things there. Allegedly, a dozen teams are interested in J.J. Watt. Depending upon what J.J. Watt's looking for, I'm intrigued to see how this whole thing plays out. But whatever you just said, that you have to ignore the noise outside. You were a part of trading for a number one overall pick with Trent Richardson coming to the Indianapolis Colts. You were in the Cleveland Browns side of that thing. Get a number one overall. Get rid of an asset that you thought no longer was worth that or whatever. And I guess uh, hindsight, you ended up being accurate, even though Trent was a good guy. Okay, uh, uh, the whole thing, it seemed like you were right in that move. How do you know what's real and what isn't? Because that's a blind bid, right? When you're a GM and you're in a trade, that's a completely blind negotiation where you have no idea what the other people are offering at all, right? Then you have to, do you even listen to the insiders? Or is that all bull? shit out there because people are trying agents are trying to get their narrative out there other gms i'd assume are trying to get their narrative out there like how do you pick and choose what's real and what isn't everybody has an agenda and you got to figure out what the agenda is i mean so as a gm you know like for the trent richardson you know i, I basically said if we don't trade this guy now the what we know about him people are going to figure out sooner than later Jesus. so <laughs> the perception is right now the perception of him being a great player is the reality once that's not the case, then we won't get any value for them, and then we'll really be stuck. So you've got to maximize when the perceptions are higher, when you know what the reality is. That's A. B, you also got to know who your competition is. And so, you know, yeah, there's a bunch of teams interested in J.J. Watt. Interest and putting money on the table are way different, way different. I don't doubt there's eight teams interested. I don't doubt that, that eight teams made phone calls to his agent, 12 teams. But I'm talking about cash on the table. I'm talking about a substantial offer where you're getting this green in exchange for the player to sign. Those are about two teams at the most when you're competing. And when you're in this trade market, you've got to, you've got to look through it and see what makes sense. Let's take Marcus Mariota, for example. Right, The Raiders have him under contract for $10 million. He's due to make $20 million if he becomes a starting quarterback. So if you trade it for him, you've got to count that he's going to be and operate under that contract. He's going to be $20 million. 
Okay, who's your competition for them? Washington was interested. I don't think they're interested anymore. New England was interested. I'm not sure they're interested anymore. So the more work you do on the player, you kind of lead you to where it's going to go. And so you just basically know that the Raiders have to cut this kid because they can't carry $10 million. And so you've got to wait till the perfect timing to swoop in to say, okay, I'm interested, but it's only going to be for this. Interesting. 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 So you have to scout for other teams as well. You have to look at their cap space as well. For instance, with Trent Richardson, were we were the Colts the only ones that were in that conversation? Because and was that conversation already finished when Jim Irsay was putting out tweets like, hey, something big is about to happen. <laughs> he was tweeting like, hey, something massive is about to come to Indianapolis. And we in the locker room were like, whoa, what's going on? What is this? This is middle of the season. What the hell is going on? It, was that a part of it? Was that after the deal was done or was that something you were like oh i pretty much i can no, do that it was done so i'm oh, in los okay. right and joe banner had, had a relationship with ryan grigson so he's actually going through the trade i'm at usc scouting players we're getting ready to play minnesota that weekend in minnesota so i went out to la kind of do ucla usc i wanted to wa- i wanted to watch uh, the UCLA quarterback. I wanted to see some of the players out in the West Coast because then I could fly to Minnesota. So I'm out there, and I parked my car right in the parking lot at SC. And so I'm, I'm in the meeting. I'm scouting these players. We're watching the tape, and my phone beeps, and Joe's like, I think I got it done. Because earlier in the morning, we were like, if we gives us the one, we got to make the deal, right? And I was afraid he was going to back out of it. So Banner says, he texts me and says, we got the one, make the deal. Okay, call the player. So I had to go find my car. I forgot where the hell I parked it. <laughs> walking around that parking lot like I believe, right? So I call the security guard. I call the security guard. This lady shows up. She says, I'll drive you around. You'll find your car. <laughs> at that moment, I'm in her car. At that moment, I am in her car. I give her $20. I said, man, I can't repeat what I'm about to say to anybody, right? You can't repeat. She said, I don't want your money. I said, look, you take that money. I, you can't repeat. That's when we made the trade, and then I called Richardson to tell him he was trading. There's a GM lost in California. <laughs> okay, there's an NFL general manager lost in the parking I lot in LA. I couldn't find it. I'm like walking around like I was really. So now, ever since that day, I'm <laughs> he's getting a one, a number one in return, and winning the trade while he's just stumbling around in the fucking parking lot. It's funny. My son was in San Francisco when we made that trade, and they were playing you in the next game. And all the 49er coaches are, like, going over to my son, like, your dad's dumb, man. He just got his ass ripped. Hey, He's stupid. Ahmad you Bradshaw know? ate that game against uh, – and I think Trent scored a touchdown in that game, too. It was he like a one- score one touchdown. But, I mean, like, that was, that was really – look, when the strength coach came to me – in August and said... No, no, no. All right, we're not dumping on Trent Richardson. All right, let's move forward. You made a good trade. You said enough at this point, okay? When you know inside what uh, the perception is different outside, that's when you got to make a move. You made a great move. Let's talk about a perception that isn't great inside, apparently, or outside, and that's Carson Wentz. I know that there's a lot of NFL people that say, hey, he's still got good football left, but coming alongside that is a massive contract, and it's com- he's coming out of an organization that seems to be 
the second biggest fire in the NFL right now somehow, but it would be the number one by far if Jack Easterby didn't pray his ass right into Houston. The Eagles organization seems to be on fire. Everybody knows that they want to unload Carson, but when you know that somebody wants to unload something, don't you kind of have them in the bag? And then all the media reports are just a bunch of bullshit, it seems like. For the last two weeks, he's been reportedly about to be traded within the next couple of days. Then they said there was an incredible interest from Chicago and Indy, and then the next day was reported no fair offers have been made. It's like everything's kind of bullshit coming out of there. Where do you think he ends up, and how do they win that trade other than just unloading that contract and getting Carson out of the building? Well, there's a drop dead point, right? You know, when you go to when you go to Japan, they don't typically negotiate with you to do contracts until you're probably two hours away from leaving for the airport, right? And the reason that is is because that's really the only time you're serious when you've got to leave, right? Everything else is just posturing. Long flight, too, by the way. Hey, I've done that flight. You ain't going. The Eagles are posturing, right? They're posturing, and they know that on the third day of the league year, they got to pay $10 million in a roster bonus, which they will not pay. They're not paying that, okay? And so they got to make a trade by that. So they've tried to create this illusionary market out there. They've tried to do it. They've taken billboards out with the worldwide leader. They've done everything they possibly can to create this market that has come flat. <laughs> Two weeks ago, he was supposed to get traded for a blockbuster, right? And that hasn't happened. So most teams are looking around saying, we're not in it. We're not in it. You in it? We're not in it. And so the Eagles at some point will realize two days before that roster bonus is due, either we we make this deal or it ain't worth us to pay $10 million. What's the billboard at the Worldwide Leader? That's funny. That means leaking information to ESPN? Yeah, they're basically making it seem like you've got a lot, and people called your bluff. You know? Man. That, you know, that's guy They're saying, wait a minute. You know, we'll, we'll, we're interested, but we're not interested at these numbers. I hate that everything I think and everything that we've uh, been told for all this time is just a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, those... You know, that's the that's where you have to take what you read and then figure out what the motivation is behind it. Oh, you know, yeah. Why is Russell Wilson upset? Well, yeah, he would like to have a better offensive line, but he's twelve million. He's making twelve million less than Patrick Mahomes. Why is Aaron Rodgers upset? Well, he's making twelve million less than Patrick Mahomes. They don't deserve to make less than him. They're just as good, maybe not as good, but they're, it should be in the same. So when you see a story, it may not always be what the story's about. So. Well, Oh, man. So everything's a lie. Everything's pretty much a lie, yeah. Yeah! <laughs> That's a heartbreaker. What about, oh, hey, you got good ra- Raiders. You started there, right? You started Raiders? I started at the 49ers, but I worked at the Raiders for 10 years of my life with Al Davis. Yes, that was wow. so that's like 30 years. Me and the Raiders fan base, a sector of the Raiders fan base is, you know, kind of going at it right now about my positioning on Derek Carr this season. The day after Derek Carr had a snipe, a Navy SEAL was on the roof of the stadium there playing on Thursday Night Football against the Los Angeles Chargers. And the Navy SEAL sniper, the same one that uh, I am the captain now on the back of the boat, oh, yeah. they, they shot them. The same sniper shot Derek Carr right in his hip flexor or his groin in the middle of that game. Did, did you Do you remember that whenever he went off? The, the, yeah. yeah, and Mariota, that game really is what people – is the Raiders are trying to sell Mariota's career on, basically. Okay, okay, hold on, Mike, hold on, Mike, hold on. So the day after that game, we talked about 
is that the last time we'll see Derek Carr as a Raider? He's hurt. We know the quarterback market the way it is. We know that he and Gruden have not had the success. I would assume that Gruden won it, even though they've had a little bit of one. We did this entire thing. Connor took it to the next step. He's like, say <laughs> goodbye to your starting career, Derek. You're now a journeyman. And I thought, you know, probably at, coming out of surgery, because I assumed he's going to have to have surgery, primetime game, division rival, you leave in the middle of the game, Mark Sperry. I assume he played the next week, so things changed drastically. But now that we're at the end of the season, Derek Carr, is he on the market? Where's he going to end up at? And I heard you're potentially in a beef with Raiders fans as well it's not our fault we're just telling you what we're watching ain't that right mike yeah i mean look it's it's it is you can be with a beef i mean if you say something bad about a team you say you don't like the team that's not the case you're just trying to be objective if you want to hear positive things then don't tune in you know there's a reason why your team hasn't played very well the last three years i think Derek carr's played really well i think that gruden started out not really believing it he's gotten them a lot better but the Raiders' issues are cap and on defense, and they've got some real issues. John being the general manager is problematic. But I think after they've gone through this, unless they got a blockbuster deal for Derek Carr, I don't think they will trade Derek Carr. I think they will re- end up trading Mariota or releasing Mariota because they can't afford him as the backup. They're in cap trouble in the sense that they've got to get below the cap, plus they got to get Waller, who makes $6 million a year. He's underpaid. They've got to do something about his contract. they got to sign Nelson Aguilar. They want to sign him back. So they've got a lot of issues. And look, let's face it, can they beat the Chiefs? You know, can they beat the Chiefs? And, and what about Denver Herbert and the Chargers? Quarterback away from being a really good team if they could ever get the quarterback situation. Now, they've been rumored to be talking to a lot of teams about quarterbacks. I thought they were going to make a trade last week for a quarterback, and one of the teams backed out. I don't know quite how that happened, but I think the Broncos will be very aggressive. I what? think the whole conversation about Drew Locke being the guy is over. What was that? Well, you just referred to. There was a trade that was about to be made last week and then a team back. I, I thought there was some action on, on Denver tra- was going to trade for a quarterback that I think that whether it was Wentz, they say they're not interested in Wentz, whether it was somebody, I don't know quite who it was, but they were in position to trade for somebody and, and it just didn't go through. So I think my point here is San Francisco and Denver are both secretly active looking for quarterbacks. Well, hopefully one of them will land Carson Wentz. Uh, so, so you're saying <laughs> – you're saying Derek Carr starter next year for sure. That's how you feel about the whole thing. And how will they do? You think so they make the big? If they don't I make the big jump, the do they? Is is Gruden's got to ask himself the question: How do I replace him? And it's not Mariota. Who do I get? You know, he's got to. Now here's what he has to do, Pat. He's got to extend him. He's got two years left on a deal. He's going to have to extend his contract. He's got him on a really cheap deal right now, and that's important. Well. Hopefully it all works out for uh, Derek Carr and the Raiders and everything like that. I hope they win. Herbert in that division as well, by the way. That's going to be a problem. Patrick Mahomes in that division. That's going to be a problem. I mean, they, they beat the Chiefs though last year, by the way. So they, 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 they can obviously compete. Is Derek Carr the guy in John Gruden's eyes? That is a great question for us to have. And if you have it, you better make sure that you get ready. These Raiders fans are awesome. I want to let you know they are a very loyal bunch. But a lot of them are stupid as fuck. Okay. <laughs> Connor, what do you have? Yeah, Mike. Allegedly, uh, Bill Belichick brought in Brandon Cooks in 2017 for a Jimmy Garoppolo offense in 2018. And then Brady obviously won the MVP. Uh, is that something Belichick would do? And uh, do you believe that report? And were you there? No, I wasn't. But, I mean, I know what was going on. I think that Cooks certainly was, uh, you know, first of all, Nick Cesario loved Cooks coming out of Oregon State. Cesario. So the organization always liked Cooks. <laughs> 
before he even became available. So there was always that. And I don't think they were building their offense around that as much as they were trying to get an outside number one receiver to challenge that part of the field that they needed to. So it gave them the option when they traded the first round pick to the Saints. And 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 clearly there were conversations of what would be different from Brady to Jimmy if we changed. Jimmy's different than Tom. Tom's so good on third down, underneath throws. Jimmy's going to need guys, you know, Jimmy's going to throw vertical down the field. So that's, it needed to be a change of an offense, but it wasn't that dramatic. The, 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 the reason for Cooks was the organization, especially Nick Cesario, loved Cooks. Okay, so let's talk about that after watching Tom Brady in Tampa for just like this past season. He still had deep ball. He still was good down the field. Is that an evaluation issue from Bill Belichick? That was the overall question as this information was getting released about Brandon Cooks being in there for Jimmy G's offense moving forward and everything like that. And the offense always being dinking dump almost the entire thing, except for that year with Randy. Then he goes down to Tampa and the guy has his best year throwing the long ball that he's ever had. Is that an evaluation issue in Bill Belichick? Because you guys didn't know that he had that in him still? Or what do you think? Well, no, I think Cooks had one of his best years in the NFL when so he played we. for the Patriots. I mean, when you go back, I'll look at it right here. When he played for the Patriots in his career, I mean, he was he played really well for them. I mean, that year for New England, uh, you know, he started 14 games. He averaged 16.6 yards a catch. He had seven touchdowns, had 65 catches. I mean, 16.5 per catch is pretty damn good. I mean, <laughs> I thought Tom threw him the ball. They, they needed it. My point is they needed an outside receiver. And, you know, and, and was Tom always precise on throwing the ball outside? Not all the time, but I think when he had a legitimate player on the outside, like Cooks, he was much better. There were often times where there were guys that were playing on the outside that were not quite good enough. They're already tweeting about, uh, per Michael Lombardi on the Pat McAfee show, the Broncos were close to trading for a quarterback last. <laughs> You're already starting to plot out there, Paisan. I don't know if you know that or not. They were close. I mean, look, they're going to be active. I think they're going to be really active in trying to trade for a quarterback. I think the Drew Locke conversation is over. Von Miller's potentially out the door, too. That kind of – I don't know who who's reporting that, but there's rumors this morning on the Internet that Denver Broncos are potentially going to move on from Von Miller. It's like, okay, Von Miller's going to be out there potentially on the market. J.J. Watt's going to be on the market. I mean, there is – Tampa Bay Buccaneers could be nine deep next year. Yeah. What do you got, Ty? You know, but we still don't know Fuck where the cap is. <laughs> We still don't know that. And we saw some reports the other day about how the TV contract, they want to wait until they know exactly where they are with that before the cap. That's going to be critical. If this cap goes up to 195 as opposed to 185, that'll help a lot of teams. And it will help some of these free agents on the street to try to generate more interest and more money. But we got to wait to see what that cap is. A lot of teams are waiting on the cap. I mean, we saw Sanders, the kicker, get signed by Miami today. The reason we have 22 mil. That's right. Well, the reason we haven't seen a lot of contracts done is because teams are really uncertain about the cap and where are they going to go and what are they going to be able to spend. So until we get that, it's really you're dealing with blind man poker. It's tough poker to play. Got to check the rabbit cam. What do you got? Michael, I believe you knew Jack Easterby when he was in New England. Do you, th- guy do, you, do you think his perception has been sensationalized or is he really like – actually an egotistical dickhead like the media makes him out to be and do you think they can be successful with him basically running the franchise 
You know, the Jack that I know, the Jack, the role that Jack performed for us when Memphis, I was in from 14 through 16 was tremendous. He did. The players loved him. And you could call a ton of players. Brandon Cooks was, was there. You could call a bunch of players that, that were around Jack. And his role as team chaplain and team culture builder was really good. And he did a tremendous job with that. Now he's taken on a different role. And I think part of the issue here is – you know, whenever you get into the green stuff, whenever you start talking about salaries and, and dealing with players in terms of their career, you can't have the same impact that you have when you're their prayer, prayer coach. You know, you can't go John 13 into the financial statements. It's really challenging. So I think that's really the issue. And, you, and it's hard to separate that. Jack's very good at what he does, but in this role – he can't quite have that same impact because he's dealing with their salaries. He's dealing with their finances. He's dealing with who stays, who goes. And, you know, we could all get around the Bible and pray, but, but when you're dealing with people's future, that becomes a little cloudy and you've got to separate. That's why we keep church and state apart. <laughs> Isn't that a rule, right? So I, I think that's, that's the issue. And I think obviously he's become a lightning rod for them down there and what's happened. And it's become challenging, as I've said, for him to do the job to the best of his ability based on the perception. Jack 15, 16, Solemn 4. The Lord gave his rib for his wife and took a 50% pay cut (laughs) in hopes of chasing a Lombardi. Can I get an amen? Amen! Brother, I got you, brother. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Lombardi. Thank you, guys. Hey, so sorry to interrupt this conversation. That's cooking right now. Yes, it is cooking. Uh, Everyone always talks about how important it is to get a good night's rest, don't they? Mm -hmm. Hey, you need a good, good night's sleep. I didn't get a great night's sleep last night. And it, by the way, this morning we could tell, but then the energy of the day kind of got after it. But people for your entire life have been saying, hey, make sure you sleep well tonight. Hey, get a good night's sleep. Need to get a good night's sleep. Make sure you get a good night's sleep tonight. But it's not always as easy as people just saying, get a good night's sleep, especially if you're like me, where your mind is always thinking, mind is always going. Maybe you're thinking about tomorrow. Maybe for whatever reason, you just can't fall asleep. That happens to a lot of us. And CBDMD has come through with something called CBDPM that puts you out like a light. Like a light. Slip through the flight. That's why the folks at CBDPM created CBD. Our CBDMD created CBDPM to help you get the rest you deserve and feel your best every morning. CBDPM blends 500 milligrams of superior CBD with sleep-promoting ingredients like melatonin, what? valerian root, what? and chamomile to create a powerful and effective sleep aid. So whether you're up late with the kids, pets, or existential dread, you can turn to CBDPM and get the rest you need to handle anything that comes your way. I use it. Nick is a big-time proponent of it. Uh, I believe there's a couple others in the office that use it on a nightly basis. Some guys get into it whenever they need to reset their sleep cycle. But I've been very thankful for CBDMD, CBDPM. Uh, it's something I, I legitimately use. I think you will enjoy it as well if you're not a great sleeper. But also CBDMD has a bunch of other products, whether it's uh, for soreness, mm-hmm. uh, for anything else. I mean, they legitimately got a bunch of CBD, superior CBD products. And right now you can get 25% off your next order. It's almost a, a quarter there, dude. Damn near. When you go to cbdmd.com 
cbdmd.com and use promo code McAfee, M-C-A-F-E-E, you'll get 25% off your purchase of high-quality CBD oil products from CBDMD. Big thanks to CBDMD for being a hell of a partner with this show and also for creating products that directly affect my life, like the sleep one, because if not, I'm up all goddamn night. Back to the show. Join us now, ladies and gentlemen, two-time Super Bowl champ, a member of the Patriots All-Decade team. Now you can see him on ESPN, spot not great opinions on a regular basis, ladies and gentlemen, Rob Nickett. How you doing, Rob? Yeah. (laughs) What's up? I'm doing great. How are you doing? What are you doing, working out over there? I did that earlier. You know what I'm doing right now? Huh. Sometimes, you know, I like to polish my Lombardi, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I get the stuff. <laughs> I, up. I, get the, I get the stuff here. You, you dip it because it tarnishes. Yeah. It tarnishes. Over the years. If you didn't know, if you didn't know, yeah. they tarnish. Oh, okay. All right. Well, Lorraine Groves will be very thankful. Karen Lombardi will be very thankful for how you treat Lombardis and not that ex-teammate of yours, Tom Brady, who disrespects the silversmiths. Thank you for shining that thing up. She's well, very appreciative. Her, you tell her that it is actually hollow and it floats, so you don't have to worry about it sinking, okay? It's like a it's like a Coors Light can. If you threw it in the water, it would float. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But by the way, she's not going to be happy with you comparing <laughs> yeah. the work of her dad, who's a silversmith, to the silver bullets. That is not going to be something. Listen, you might have found yourself yeah. on the wrong side of Karen Silversmith, Karen Lombardi, pal. You might be. You might have just threw yourself right into a fire that I don't think you want to be a part of. Okay, okay. Can we all agree here that when you win the Super Bowl, the trophy is a symbolic symbol of the accomplishment of the team. And when you win that, you are so happy that you want to share that joy with every single person. You want everyone to touch it. Similar to the cup. Think about the cup. Oh, Karen Stanley would never say such a thing. That thing thing fell off a bus and got ran over. So you didn't see people going crazy. It's part of the celebration. It wasn't dropped. It didn't hit the water. It didn't fall. It was not damaged. I would think she would be more upset with someone bunting a baseball with it than just tossing it to a teammate, correct? Hey, let's talk about that real quick because you guys up there in New England, I mean, you know that it, you know, you know the ins and outs of the metal that is on the Lombardi at this point because of how many you have. Gronk is so comfortable with it. Edelman's throwing him fastballs and he's like, yep, we'll get another one. Fuck it. Bang. We'll do this thing. Tom's just hucking it off the back of a $2 million yacht. I mean, it is. You Patriots. Three million dollar yacht, sorry. You <laughs> you guys are so comfortable with these Lombardis. I appreciate that, you know, because everybody else is hunting that thing. That's what they're looking to get into. But her, you know, I don't know if her, her dad did an incredible job, by the way. It is a yeah. beautiful oh, yeah. design. What her dad it, like an absolute but is I don't know if her dad has passed away or not. It seemed like in the video she he has potentially passed away. I'm not hundred percent sure or not. But somebody should ask him, wouldn't you wouldn't you want your art? your piece of work celebrated and enjoyed isn't that the biggest piece of what everything is especially when you're talking about a trophy that's a celebration is you would want somebody to enjoy that trophy to enjoy that that's the entire essence of a celebration trophy so that just felt like there was a little bit of a lost narrative in her mind as you know the the entitlement was kind of spewing out the other side you know what i mean there was there was real no reasoning coming in it was just a lot of a lot of bullshit coming out and when that starts happening 
thing you know. That's great for the fucking internet. I mean, that is just great news for the internet. There were some people that defended her, you know? Those people shouldn't be on the internet either. There was no defending what, what happened no, there, no. especially when you talk about Tom Brady, but let's move along. Um, but I would say this. Let me just finish this statement by saying that the one photo from behind the toss, and I think it's just midair, I think that's one of the best picks I've seen in a long time. It, it, it's just like pure joy in everyone's face, and it was caught. So come on, take it, take it, take it easy. I get it. The trophy's awesome, but anyway, we're having fun. Everyone's having fun. It wasn't broken. We're so having fun here. Let's okay. move on. This is fun. That's what the trophy's for. To have fun, by the way. In that photo, greatest photo potentially of the Lombardi ever. Yeah. That thing's floating through the skies. Everybody's happy. Good call there. You know what I mean? It was. It's this way. It's upside down. Oh, okay. It's All right. So will you please be. <laughs> Take it easy on that thing. You guys just tossing it around over there. Let's talk about real. That's a real one, by the way. I lucked out because a guy was so into it and he wanted one. He's like, if you can get me in with Tiffany's and get me the real one, I'll buy yours. I said, okay, cool. That's why I only have one. I don't have two because I wasn't going to pay the 30 G's or whatever it is. Oh, so the family's probably been paid pretty mightily for oh, this. Wow. Oh, wow, well, 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 well. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? Isn't that I still wants to party. I mean, I understand it's not just about a paycheck. It's about love of the trophy and everything. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, all right, let's move on. Uh, you one, once you have one, it's pretty awesome. You know, after that, it's cool. All right. Like the- okay. <laughs> all right. God, you guys Come are going to be able man, to do that forever. I don't want to offend you. Come on. You guys are going to be able to do that forever, by the way. All those Patriots, like, well, I have four rings. Yeah, it's, it's good. I only have two. I only have two. But anyway, I have a bone to pick with you. You have some pretty cool cars. You, you know, I see your, your Instagram. I see your story. You guys got a foot of snow. Uh-huh. Your cars are sitting outside with about a foot of snow on them. And you got, I think you got a Ford GT out there, you yeah. know, or the 500, the Shelby. It's sitting yeah. out there getting all cold and wet. That's right. You know, I, I think I see a Bentley, yeah. uh, you know, a Bentley for a big leg guy. I know you can afford the Bentley. It's an amazing feat, but they let them sit outside like that. What are we doing? They're tough, all right? My cars aren't soft, all right? They, they might come from a privileged background, but I'm going to toughen them up. There's a lot of important stuff in the garage, okay? So sometimes the cars need to stay outside. Now, that Bentley, I got it. By the way, I, got it. I, I, I did a little pimp my ride on that thing. That thing has 740 <laughs> horsepower in it. Yeah, I got a new wow. engine put in that thing. Graham Rahal at Rahal uh, Sports Performance, I believe is what it's called. He's a race car driver. He has like a performance and tuning thing. I, I got that thing upgraded because I thought it was a little bit boring to drive. You know, came from a little bit of a bo- boring place. I want to go a little bit. 700 some horsepower. The Shelby, 600 and some horsepower. And now they also have grit. You know what I mean? So yeah. when, once you got the ponies under the hood and you have a little bit of grit, you're always going to be great. Also, every spring I have to pay people to come refix the entire vehicle because they get ruined <laughs> through the winter. The batteries obviously die. Everything else crashes. So it is a mistake, but it is going to continue probably for at least the next 10, 15 years, if I had to guess. Okay, okay. But at least you got the horsepower. That's what it's all about. <laughs> you a car guy? You like cars? Yeah, I got a little garage myself. I don't keep them outside, but I got a few. Smart. I got a few. Me too. That was kind of my thing. I, I, always, I like I, the older stuff, though. I got a 69 Skylark. And don't, don't don't confuse it with a, a Tempest from uh, my cousin Vinny because it's completely restored and redone. Okay. It's like a resto mod. Yeah. Uh, I got a 60, 65 Stingray. It's beautiful. Oh. Thirty two thousand original miles. The the one that I really like though is the, I got a Hellcat Red Eye wide body. Okay. 
800 horse. 800 horse. No, you don't. You ain't got more than my bet. You, you, 800 no, horse. No, that's in the engine. What's on the wheels? What's to the wheels? They, they, yeah, you don't even know. Okay, so yeah, it's not it's even. probably about 625 to the wheel. You lose about, you know, 20% through the drivetrain, and it's automatic, <laughs> so that takes a little percentage away. I want to let you know, 700 plus in a Bentley at the wheels, too. So that's what I was referring to. Oh, at the wheels? Yeah, so you're like wheel. almost, almost 900. Yeah, you got to remember, though, that car, 2,000 pounds almost. I mean, that thing is crafted and, like it's an actual yeah. yacht. I but, think that car's probably 5,500, actually. It's probably pretty heavy. Well, <clears throat> let's talk about sports, right? <laughs> let's get into sports. Let's get into sports. You said something on Get Up, and I didn't see the actual quote. The boys just reacted to what you said, and it was a headline later on other shows. Rob Ninkovich, former teammate of Rob Gronkowski, probably friends with Rob Gronkowski, says that he's expecting Rob Gronkowski and Deshaun Watson to be playing in Miami for the Miami Dolphins. Is that what you said, or were you close to saying that? Uh, That's what I said, but think about this. Hear me out. Okay, Gronk is in his 10th year. He's never been a free agent. He has never explored free agency. He signed a six-year deal back when, I don't know, like 2012, something crazy long time ago, right? So think about this. He's never been a free agent. Why not go out there and test? What is his what is his market value? He's a big time target. He can still make a lot of plays. Just scored two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Two times? So, I'm telling you, I think that he's going to go explore. He's got a beautiful penthouse in the top oh. of some building in Miami. So I think that that would be a good fit for him. He's got a great relationship with B Flow. I mean, that could be a landing spot if if the Bucks don't value him the way that he should be valued, and they say, well, he did state that he wants to play with Tom and only Tom, let's offer him nothing. Let's offer him pennies. If that's the case, he might have a chance to go somewhere. And then on the Watson thing, Miami's got a third overall, I think a 16, and then like a 36 second rounder. So they could, they could give you Tua, they could give you two first rounders and a top second round pick. That's a pretty nice combination there. Maybe the next, uh, another first round the next year. So they have the actual draft equity to where they can go get Watson. How close are you? How close are you with B Flow? Pretty close to B Flow. He's a good man. They're going to be. They're definitely in the market for a quarterback. It was rumored that they were, but in your eyes, they're definitely in the market for a quarterback. And is Russell Wilson, who Josina Anderson uh, tweeted that he is not. He's not being traded, hashtag current status. But whenever you see Deshaun Watson, when you see Russell Wilson, and then weeks ago, Aaron Rodgers, but Mm -hmm. he's come out to say, that three, two first-rounders, a third, basically first-rounder, early, early first, that is very enticing, I would assume, to a lot of teams that are, hey, we need to build this team from within because it seems like nobody from outside is going to come in, a la the Texans, maybe Seattle if Russell gets out of there. That could be something that could be a bit of, uh, uh, you know, kind of allure other people into that thing, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. But you think about Miami, too. I like Tua. I think he's got That's a lot of potential. But for Miami, if they want to win this year, like right now, if you go out and you get a Watson, what does that make your team? That makes you an instant AFC contender, not only for the division. I'm talking about getting to the Super Bowl. So you put him with a defense that's young, up and coming, and they got some key pieces offensively. I think that Miami's going to be a heck of a football team coming up here. So I like Tua. He definitely has potential. But if they want to go, if they put Russell Wilson or if they put Wilson on that team, I mean, are you kidding me? You put Watson on that team. Either one of those guys can puts them up at the top of the AFC. So we'll see what happens moving forward. I know they're smart, and they're going to figure it out. And the Texans, if they were smart, 
they would they don't want to come you don't want to go into this like hey i'm who i'm a bigger man you're a bigger man we're gonna like drag this thing out if it's not gonna work why drag it out did you pray with jack easterby I prayed with Jack. Yes, I prayed with Jack. Are those the best prayers of all time? It seems like he prayed his way up the running an organization over there in Houston. Hey, you know Jack, all right, from your time in New England. I've heard other people in the New England organization say, hey, Jack Easterby was good to us. We like Jack Easterby. We don't know what's going on down in Houston because it seems like it's a complete nightmare down there in Houston. Could you have expected that? And what is your relationship with Jack? And how do you, how do you see this ending up for Jack? So I, I really, really respect Jack. I think that he is a great man. He's got a good heart. Um, you know, I think that he was put into a position that really was kind of just he went into a new team, was in the similar position that he was in New England. The head coach that brought him in obviously is not there. He gets fired. So then the ownership, the owner obviously likes Jack. Jack's a great guy. Then they move him up, and, and I just think that there might be a false sense of understanding of what Jack has done there. Oh. Um, I don't I don't know what's happened in with Houston. I really don't know, like, the, the ladder and, and how that whole thing came to be. Um, but all I can speak about is my time with Jack in New England. And when he was in New England, I mean, look, when I was in my last year and I was thinking about moving on to retirement, you know, he was a guy that I could – that I would talk to um, just – kind of if I had any questions or wanted to tell him like yo how I was feeling I felt very comfortable with Jack so huh. the people that don't know Jack huh. I think that they're 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 putting they're they're putting something out there that they don't know the man so the, all they know is the circumstances of what they see in Houston and they see the head coach being fired and they see Jack go into a role that they feel isn't he's not he's not I guess qualified to be in um so I don't know what's going to happen moving forward. I know that Casario, because I was with Casario a long time. I know that he's a, a smart man. He's a good, good GM. Um, it's going to be tough for them to regain the control if they lose their quarterback. And I know there's some great uh, marriage counselors out there, some really good mm. marriage counselors. I can't say that I've had it's counseling, but we've probably had recommendations for counseling from my wife. But anyway, I'm not going there. <laughs> But if you get somebody in there, let's try and mend this thing. Let's fix it. Let's try and get back together here. And how do we fix it? Because at this point right now, it doesn't look like it's fixable. But I know Billy O took a lot of heat for trading away Hopkins. He got he took a lot of heat for trading away Jack. their best player. Now, I don't know if that organization trades away, trades away a franchise player that's supposed to be there for the next 10 years. I mean, that's that's tough. That's that's why Casario doesn't want to do it. Okay, a couple quick things. Is it definitely Casario or Cesario? Casario. Casario. Okay, Casario. Yeah, Casario. Right, that's good news. All right, Paisan, good luck down there. You walked into a fire, it does seem like. With Jack Easterby, did he do the one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish bit with you? <laughs> I don't remember that. I don't remember that. <laughs> How about the Crip Walk? I don't <laughs> I'm, the only the, the only uh, dancing was Robert Kraft. He was doing all the dancing. At, at so you're the, saying uh, Jack Easterby, good guy. We've seen. Uh, listen, we don't know Jack Easterby. Okay, I, I feel like I'm a pretty big Jack Easterby guy. I know Jack Easterby. I he's a great man to me. He was a good man to me, and I have respect for him. People that are saying they don't respect him or they don't like him don't even know him. It's like me but, saying like I don't a... like somebody I've never met before. It just doesn't make sense. It's like, I mean, who's somebody I? I uh, I don't know who's somebody that I just feel like Peyton wanna, Manning. 
No, like uh Oh, you've met like him. uh oh, big deal. Oh, oh, uh, freaking Baker Mayfield. I'd love to give him a sack. I'd love to just <laughs> yeah, I'd love to dig into him, but yeah. I don't know him. I don't know him. He might be awesome. We might be, you know, yeah. snapping cold ones back together. But oh yeah, a couple. Yeah. You never know. You never know. But I'm saying, like, it 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 goes off of what public persona is, and it pushes the narrative to well, which hey, side you want to be on. Jack needs to get out there and stop this one. It yeah. seems like this way he needs to potentially get out in front of this, release some more footage of him giving different services mm -hmm. because as those bangers continue to come into light on the internet, I think he's winning over more and more people. We're big Jack Easterby guys over here. Let's talk about narratives though because, you know, the team that you're shining Lombardi's alongside and everything, obviously anytime you have that long of success and that top of the mountain in all of professional sports, by the way, whenever people leave, there's going to be stories told. There's going to be conversations had. Opinions are going to be given, whether they're in context or out of context. The entire Super Bowl week, the narrative was there's a team Tom Brady, then there's a team Bill Belichick. That's kind of how it was being painted because there was really nothing to talk about Super Bowl week, to be honest, until Jack Easterby came in and they were like, my God, yes. <laughs> amen, Jack. Thanks for coming in there. But the Tom Brady or Patriot way. You're on the defensive side of the ball. Akib Tlaib, a bunch of people that play defense, Darius Butler. Everybody was like, hey, this is what Bill Belichick meant to us. Not saying anything against Tom, but that Tom Brady, Bill Belichick thing is going to be forever. In your eyes, how did it last as long as it did? Because those are two superior individuals to be able to work together the way they did for that long. And coming out of it, your thoughts on like, if it wasn't for this, we wouldn't have this. And if it wasn't for this guy, we wouldn't have this, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, I, I mean, that has been the question that I have to answer repeatedly. And, and honestly, being there for the, the time that I was there, we wouldn't have won as many football games without Bill and the way that he prepares and the way that, that he goes about his business with building a roster, um, getting people to see. Like, this is another thing, too. He is the best coach I've ever been around at making a team forget about their success and move on to the next year. So we would have um, a ring ceremony and he'd have a team meeting and say, all right, guys, like, let's not make this a big deal. We're getting our rings today. Um, like, let's let's not make this bigger than it really is. You know, and you're sitting there, you're like, I'm getting crazy. You know, like, I'm going to have a great time. But that's the that's the way he was. And that's the way he is. He's always about moving forward into another year and and what do i need to do to get better what do you need to do to get better and, and where is this team moving and tom on the flip side of that was able to be the perfect example of how you go about your business every single day you get up early you're in the building early you do your work and when you have tom the consistency that he had year in and year out and the durability because look i mean Durability, I'll take durability over ability any day. If you're, if you're super athletic and you can do everything and you can have a 42-inch vertical, but you play five games like or 10 games, <laughs> I can't count on you to be there. I want a guy that's going to be there. And Tom was the consistent guy that Bible. was there. So when you're a young guy coming in, well, that's Tom Brady. Look, okay, every single day he's in early. Every single day he's working his tail off. He was the example. And I think Vrabel said it best. They asked him about the Patriot way. And he was like, isn't that the address? Like, isn't that one Patriot way or something? Like, he's like, I don't even, I don't, when did that come up? Because 
Bill's never like Bill's never said this is the Patriot way. It was that was like a media yeah, thing. Yeah, listen, I understand that you guys from within there are like I don't even know what that means, but everybody outside is like, oh, the Patriot way is you know situational football better than everybody else. You're prepared for everything. Uh you're okay. What's if, that? If that that is Tom and Bill and those two guys together That's were able to, to create twenty years of amazing success and they were able to i mean 11 years of division championship i mean just think about 11 years of hats and t-shirts you get your hat and t-shirt you throw it in the back of your truck you give it to your old man you say here pop here's another hat it doesn't fit me right you know like it's it's the mentality that was there (laughs) you guys what a life you guys had in the you know what i'd say that you know the difference and then now the difference is you have you don't have that guy and look when you go to negotiate your contract and you're like hey uh you know i'm up next year this is what guys are making in my position they look at you be like yeah well you know tom he's the best of all time and you know where's he at in rank oh like 15th so if you want to be here and you want to win i'd suggest that you do what you got to do to yeah number one provide which yeah i was able to do when i was here in new england but winning i think winning is the the number one thing because i could have went off at some point in my career and I could have t- tested free agency and went to, to Cincinnati or something and played a couple of years and got cut because a new coaching staff came in. But I wanted <laughs> to be somewhere and, and, and have some legitimate, legitimate like statistics behind my name, not just, okay, because there's a lot of guys that make money. Like, All right. A lot of people make money. You did you ever work. say, did you ever say back like Tom Brady married a lady that's making 150 million a year too. Did like did that ever come back in negotiation? And them saying that Tom that much. She don't make that much. She don't make that much. Oh, a hey, tabloid Nink. You want to dive in? <laughs> you you want to dive in there? The um, but they did acknowledge that Tom Brady's the best of all time. Like in those conversations, that's interesting because it sounds like whenever you hear the narratives and the stories, Tom almost. Now, I've never talked to Tom ever in my life, so this would be very interesting. This is listening to the Howard Stern and then the articles that got leaked from people and everything like that. It's almost like Tom and his family felt as if they didn't appreciate how good he was or what he was. You never got that feeling up there whenever you you, you said, just said in negotiations, they would say, hey, he's the best of all time. He's getting paid 15. They acknowledge that, at least that he was the best of all time in your eyes. And is that something that was real? Could you feel that in the building at all? Look, look, this, they're not going to give you a hug and, and uh, every time you throw a touchdown pass and, and, you know, tell you how much you're, you know, tell you how great you are. But I would say this, when you're in New England, it doesn't matter if you're Tom, myself, another player on the team. If you're doing what you're supposed to do and you're playing at a high level, that's what you're supposed to do. So at times you might feel like, OK, like this, this is a grind. Of course it is. I mean, there, that would be the first meeting of the year. It'd be This is going to be a grind. This isn't going to be the easiest, but we're going to win. So you say, okay, let's go. I'm ready to go. So there there could be a point there when, when you're younger. See, when I was young and I was a special teamer running mm. down on kickoff, yeah. my first opportunity to get a little money, I was like, wow, like they want to give me $2 bucks? Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's awesome. Where do, where do I sign? Where do I sign? You know, so that's what when you're a young free agent and then you start – playing a long time and you look back and you're like man i i really outperformed that one <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's it's all about being overpaid in the front and underpaid in the end if you can always do that you'll have a job in the nfl if it's the other way around you're looking for a job 
Yeah, and it depends on who you are. You can be who you can afford to be or whatever. And let's go back to your first point here. I assume Connor has a question for you as well. Diehard Patriot fan loves the Ninkovich. Oh, yeah. uh, he's been he's been actually he shaved the mustache in to look his best for you today, yeah, actually. That's so, right. Oh, yeah. He's very pumped up. You about put the, the dye in there? You put the fiber? A little bit of, you know? Nah, natural. all natural. Natural. Now, he, he's built for a mustache. But before Connor's question, let's go back to your first point there where you said Gronk is going to be a free agent for the first time. That is wild to think about because, to your point there, where he said, I only want to play for Tom, I only want to play for Tom, Gronk is potentially one of the biggest free agents about to pop off. Oh, yeah. Everybody's talking about a lot of other... Gronkowski is potentially one of the biggest free agent names out there. I, I didn't even think about it because I automatically assumed that he was just going to be with Tampa and be with Tom. But now you're like, hey, he's never got to experience this. Maybe he loves football again like he did way back in the day. His body feels good. He's experienced football now in a different way. He got a chance to see what life is like post-football. He knows that's going to be a success. Maybe he'll want to test the waters. There's going to be people that want to grow. Like I th- that Miami theory... Tua with Gronk is probably a much different Tua, I'd assume, mm-hmm. right? Tua's biggest issue was he never thought anybody was open, so he'd hang on the ball, and then he'd end up it'd – be, it'd be a – he wouldn't be able to let loose. Gronkowski is taller, bigger, and he has toilet seats, his hands out there. Mm-hmm. I would assume that that helps out every single quarterback that would be out there. He's probably going to be a very hot, hot commodity on the free agency market, I'd assume. 100%. And this is what I would tell Gronk. If I was a GM or a head coach and I'm trying to get Gronk to sign on with my team, I would say, listen here, Rob, we're going to take care of you. Wednesdays, Thursdays, you can stay inside, you can lift, you can enjoy yourself, go in the hot tub, do whatever you want. Fridays, you come out, we're going to work red zone. Because from the 20 yard in, from the 20 yard in, that's, that's go to Rob Gronkowski time. We're going to use you as a red zone threat guy because nobody can cover him in that space. When he runs those sevens and the seam routes right there in, in that intermediate 15 to 20 yard range, there's nobody that can cover him. The linebackers nowadays, I mean, they're 6'1, 220. Like, they're not going to be able to cover him. You got to put somebody that's six, it's at least 6'4 on Gronk. So that's what I think is going to be a best fit for Gronk. What's a team that can, number one, pay him because he's going to deserve this? Is the last bite of the apple. This is the last time he has to actually say, okay, I'm going to sign a three year deal here. Maybe it's 10, 12 a year. That's the last, maybe more, because another team's going to value him so much more. So it's the last bite of the apple. So if I was Gronk, I'd say, look, I got four rings. I just did it again. Let me go out there and let me ball out. Indianapolis would love to have him. Ooh, I mean, so Green Bay. He would love He would love a lot of Indianapolis. <laughs> Green Bay, I think, would be a great time for him. I mean, just something to think about out there, Gronk. What do you got, Connor? Yeah, Rob, you just said that Bill would tell you guys, like, it's going to be a grind, but you're going to win. Now that he can't really guarantee the second half of that statement, does he have to change his way he kind of recruits players into contracts? Oh, well, I think that that was one thing that I said last year was when – you lose Tom, it's going to be hard to get like a veteran, say a veteran receiver, um, a, a guy that wants to go out one or two more years. And like just now you see Adrian Peterson says, hey, I'd like to go play with Tom. There's a lot of older veterans that want to go play for Tom because they understand, look, he's only got one or two left. They just want a Super Bowl. And when you have Tom on the team, your chances of winning go up 